You better be listening to Slezoids or I must break you. When you're all doomed to die a horrible death. You're all doomed to die a horrible death. When you're in that kind of trouble, who do you call on? He's a model student. What's the matter, retard? Can't you talk? But when it comes to girls... Have you even talked to her? He's got a lot to learn. Studies have shown that guys get much further with girls after they talk. It's time... He got his education. I'm Miss Zenobia, the new biology teacher. Holy mother of God! She has come to teach. Sexual reproduction. Any volunteers? Have no fear. Doc Savage is here. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sleezoids, the podcast where we go down the rabbit hole of 20th century genre fare from the most influential canon classics to the trashiest exploitation films we can get our hands on and invite you to tag along in helping us create a canon of sleaze. Each week is a double feature grindhouse style where we discuss two films loosely related by subject, genre, actor, filmmaker, or franchise, and at the end of each episode along with our honorary Sleezoids, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon. Next week we are getting very sleazy and a little down bad, so join that sleaze, come on now. Yeah, we decide on all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover. Patreon subscribers also get an on-air showdown and two bonus episodes every single month, which we are in our fifth year of bonus episodes. There's like 100 plus, might even be like 110 plus bonus episodes, as well as our bonus transmission series, where we talk about new release genre films, where we did one last month, where we talked like the, what did did we do? We did, we did Batman and what Mm -hmm. was the, oh, and Ambulance, Ambulance. of course. And soon we're going to be talking about the Northmen, probably going to be talking about a new Top Gun film film lots of interesting things on the way so again patreon.com slash podcast if you're interested in that and speaking of which we did have a lot of people make the jump this week so i'm gonna have to Beautiful. rip through pretty fast because it's a big list this week um we had james conk we had luke we had uh, marios christophides we had darren twomey we had wombat uh we had erica ludic we had um still going here oh we had a uh, nico crever upgrade from five dollars a month to ten dollars a month and joining us for the virtual screening we do at the last thursday of every single month and we just did a really fun one on deadly prey which oh, was yeah. just a nonsense <laughs> amalgamation of like commando and predator and rambo uh made for like ten dollars in like the california forest it was wonderful and very gory uh, yeah, because so all of that ten dollars was spent on uh home supplies to get <laughs> and just great so, hair great mullets all around absolutely we also had adam mosher also upgrade from five dollars to ten dollars uh so thanks to uh you folks can't wait to see you guys at the end of the month for the screening i'm not sure what it is gonna be fun oh we also had jake upgrade wow sorry i should have put this all aside ahead of time we had lots of people upgrade <laughs> the virtual screenings that are getting a little bit more popular you might want to yeah, think about they're it they're fun um we also had shane dugan sign up who actually signed up for an entire year of the show so thank you to shane we had uh, jonathan collins sign up uh, dillard's department um anna simmons uberlearn gizbar i'm sorry dude <laughs> uh jason kosky uh chase terry uh, Carlos uh, Ramirez, who signed up at $10 a month and will also be joining for the virtual screening, uh, David Sweet. Thompson, and David Thompson. And that is everyone who signed up. So thanks so much to all of you folks. Hope you are uh, enjoying the bonus episodes. Thank you so much for the support. 
Yeah. Uh, that is the one plug. The other plug for the week, as always, is uh, Apple Podcasts. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, and I see the stats, I know that you are. Scroll down to the very bottom right now. Give us a good old rating and review down there. It helps us climb the ranks at iTunes and find new listeners. Oh, and before I forget, also, we have to add something new to the intro here. Uh, oh. Spotify. Spotify. I've been informed you can now rate us on Spotify. So that's not that 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 part of the segment uh, intro segment doesn't just apply to Apple podcast users anymore. I will now be spying on the Spotify stats and also <laughs> glaring at all of you people. So if you haven't rated us on Spotify, you can do that now. And I, I did see that a lot of people had already done it, which, uh, you know, warmed my heart a little bit. So thanks yeah, to thank the Spotify listeners ahead of time. If you are a Spotify listener, and you didn't know you could do that. Do it up. Give us a good old rating and review over there. Um, that's the one plug. Uh, the other plug, last plug of the week, uh, as always, is uh, merch. If you guys like the poster art that, based out of Toronto, horror artist Trevor Henderson did for the show, you can get that put on basically anything that you can think of. A notebook, a pillow, a hoodie. You can just get a poster to, to frame on the wall if you'd like. That's what Jamie and I have done. Yes. And we've had lots That's of people great. buy everything. We've had people buy pens. You know, if you whatever you can think of, you can you can get our art on it. So link to that is in the description is also at uh, sleezoidspodcast.com for those that are interested in that. But uh, yes, that is your intro. Welcome back to another week. As always, I am your uh, host, Josh Lewis. And joining me also, as always, is my co-host, Jamie Miller. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. I think two weeks ago would have been the last time you folks would have heard from us, and we would have had special guest Andrew Law, also known as Illy Boshin, from the Boonta Vista podcast on making his fifth or sixth appearance on the show, Damn. the reigning champ, holding yes. the belt over his head, hooting and hollering. <laughs> uh, and he brought with him a uh, very bug double feature we talked 1986 david cronenberg the flies we 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 worked our way around it we covered like nine david cronenberg films somehow before talking about (laughs) what is you know his most commercially and critically successful film the fly so we had a lot of fun uh, breaking that down with andrew and we paired it with saul bass's phase four where uh, we learned to accept our new ant overlords (laughs) in in a uh you know, in, in, in a movie that has the premise of like an old sci-fi B movie about intelligent ants coming to war with us, but uh, done in a, a little bit more of a psychedelic 2001 inspired sci-fi style. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun talking about uh, post-human science fiction societies. And if you haven't heard that episode, it's over on the main feed. Go check it out. Anyone can listen to it. Uh, but then last week for the bonus listeners over on the Patreon exclusively, we had uh, an, uh, a, a very uh, <laughs> a double feature. We don't really need to explain uh, too deeply. <laughs> the hitchhiker, the yeah, titles. <laughs> the hitchhiker from 1990, uh, 1953, directed by Ida uh, Lupino, would considered one of the uh, first mainstream noirs directed by uh, a woman, and it's a a, a, a very sweaty kidnapping thriller about a hitchhiker taking two guys uh, captive in their car and making them drive him to Mexico. And we paired it with 1986's The Hitcher, directed by Robert Harmon with Rucker Hauer a as wild the one. hitchhiker. And yeah, just an absolutely evil vibes um, <laughs> film about uh, is again, is is he, uh, you know, some sort of angel of death or is he mankind's own capacity for evil or is he, as the screenplay writer of Near Dark and Blue Steel suggest, just a crazy serial killer? 
on the road. <laughs> you, we'll never know for sure, but Rucker Hauer is wild in that film. And uh, yeah, two very interesting uh, films about the possibility of our cars and our roads not being places of uh, freedom and liberation, but instead very, very scary, claustrophobic places. So if you haven't heard that episode, patreon.com slash podcast. That was last week's bonus episode. But moving on to this week, we have a very special returning guest who I've been uh, trying to get back on the show uh, uh, for a little while because we had him on uh, pretty early on. I don't think it was in the first year, but it was pretty early, I think, into the second Mm -hmm. year was the last time we had him. And it was actually the episode that we did that we had Alex Winter tweet out the show. So, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll maybe he, and, and it was when they were on the set for Bill and Ted three. So I'll, for all we know, he showed it to Keanu. We will find that out later. Um, <laughs> but jo- but joining us uh, this week, uh, he is an, uh, an artist. He is a poster. He is a streamer. He is a fellow student of trash cinema arts. Many of you will know him by his Twitter handle Bakun. But that guest is Oliver Leach. Oliver, how you doing? Howdy, boys. I, I'm doing OK. Great to be back. Yeah, Good welcome back. It. I've yeah. I, uh, I I couldn't believe it had been so long when I finally uh, asked you, but the, the circumstances had arisen, and we had to kind of bump your episode up a little bit. It and feels I was, like a month ago. Exactly. Um, That's a but, great double feature you guys had on the Patreon. Those are a couple of good ones. I just watched yeah. that uh, Hitchhiker. That is a sweaty movie. You are correct. Yeah, yeah, no, wonderful and and very matter of fact, which we thought was really interesting too. Like not not mm-hmm. overly sensation sensationalized, like very just what just really happened to those two dudes. But uh, yeah, the way visually that you focus on the power mm-hmm. that that gun brings him and how terrified the other characters are and the the emasculation they feel in its presence, it's very very well done. Well, you guys have been um, watching some like cool smart movies, and I'm here to. To dumb this shit right down. No, this is this is <laughs> yes. what we need. Love this it. is what you have to understand. Is oh, you yeah. know we, uh, we we try to go back and forth as much as possible between movies we need to actually talk about for two and a half hours because there's lots of subtext, and then you know we everyone's while we got to just go dumpster diving. So we are yeah. very glad about the double feature you brought with and you like, this week. But yeah. but, but, but De- what is David Decatto, the king of the dumpster? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> He's got a crown. He's got a crown that's a little dumpster. I went dumpster yeah. diving myself this afternoon with with David, so it was it was fun. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah! So Oliver, what, uh, what what two films have you brought with you this week, and why did you pair these two together? So I'm back here in Texas, uh, sh- you know, kind of drive around shooting slides, and came back to visit my folks, and I was digging through my old comic books, you know, to find something to read while I was, you know, smoking illegal marijuana and uh came across the old alan moore tom strong comics and uh planetary which both uh are sort of parodies are based on the old 30s pulp guy doc savage and i remembered the sort of bizarre film uh that was a massive failure called doc savage a man of bronze (laughs) i thought hell I could go back and watch that one again. And then I was trying to come up with something like what could go with that? This sort of proto superhero thing, kind of, you know, kind of the rise of the Mart. Like there wouldn't be Superman. There wouldn't be Marvel comics without Doc Savage in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I really arbitrarily, I just took another movie with Doctor in the title. <laughs> and I chose uh, David Decato's Doctor Alien, which is uh, about a. It's a, the classic kind of nerd to cool kid journey. 
but he grows a, a a little pecker out of the top of his head in this one <laughs> that that winks at ladies and it makes anyone any lady who looks at them uh, incredibly horny <laughs> instantly ready to instantly go. yeah yeah no i'm i'm very yeah these are these are very pulpy fictional doctors um but they yeah they they couldn't be more different you have like a like a tv serial for children and then you have what borders on like softcore exploitation (laughs) yeah i mean it's got like dr alien has got linnea quigley in it it's you know of course (laughs) of of course it does Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited to uh, jump into this and uh, go dumpster diving with you today. Let's start off here with uh, Doc Savage, the man of bronze. The age of the world. Below, in the valley of the vanished, live the Quetzalmoz. There is no way down. It's time to proceed. Stay in your seat and hope you'll beat this evil force. All right, uh, we are talking Doc Savage, the Man of Bronze, the 1975 American uh, action. It says action film here, but I guess uh, directed yeah, here by uh, Michael Anderson and based on, uh, as Oliver mentioned, the pulp magazine comic hero Doc Savage. It's, there's probably like eight and a half minutes of action, sure. Yeah, I would more call this an adventure movie. Sure. Yeah, an adventure, action, action adventure. That yeah, that's that that sounds about right. Because he's you know um, it's got the whole globe trotting thing. It's a group of guys trying to find a mystery in some long lost civilization. It's it's definitely more adventure than action. It is yeah. a whole bunch of guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very misfit like. I mean, they, they make no sense almost. So first yeah, you have Doc Savage, who was uh, trained by his father, I think, either in the jungle or up in the North Pole to be... The Arctic Circle, I believe. Oh, yeah. To be the world's <laughs> uh, apex human in every in every way. Yeah, he's basically like the most interesting man in the world from those uh, Dos Equis commercials. He just he's yeah. shown studying in his in his uh, in his library like he, and then working on chemistry and then doing mathematics. Yeah, he was he was he was considered like a, a proto, obviously, to literal superheroes like Superman. He was like, right. but but his superpowers were just like being a really good doctor and it's a scientist and an adventurer just the and best a detective. American all yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alan Moore called him a science hero. And that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like it shows him like With machining, like you know, like machining metalwork, and he's building a tiny rocket which he uses <laughs> to catch a fish. Yeah, <laughs> he's meditating basically naked in the snow at one point. Oh, yeah, you know, and just he can getting... hear psychic vibrations of his friends being in trouble or people talking about him uh, from New York. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. anywhere on the planet. Yeah. yeah. And even well, yeah. And, and, and the basic premise literally of this this pulp comic was that his father assembled a team of scientists to essentially pain and gain his body and mind into, you know, giving him this strength and endurance and photographic memory. And like 
martial arts skills and also he's like a master of disguise apparently in a lot of the uh the actual like pulp stories um the the head writer from the original run in the 1930s described him as a combo of sherlock holmes tarzan and (laughs) abraham lincoln (laughs) (laughs) that's where you get like that 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 american uh goodness uh, and 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 christliness uh that he spreads around the globe (laughs) yes he he cares about justice and fairness and he's gonna bring it to the world yeah so so apparently this pulp run was very very popular in the 1930s and the 1940s and the reason it took so long my grandfather i remember you know i had collected volumes of it he loved it when he was a kid Nice. Yeah, but 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 it took them a really long time to actually get anything beyond like kind of like a radio show out of him or, you know, but apparently in like the late 60s, early 70s, they did like a massive paperback reprint of all of the original pulp runs that they did in the magazines. And it really blew up. So by the time they hit like the early to mid 70s, they were like, man, it might be time to finally like adapt this thing. So they got together legendary science fiction producer George Powell, well known, uh, most especially for uh, his adaptation, his H.G. Wells adaptations of War of the Worlds and the Time Machine. Mm. And uh, I, I think it ran through a couple of different directors and things were kind of falling apart and they were being stripped of money a little bit as the project kind of went on. And they, But they eventually landed on Michael Anderson to direct this, who is a British film director who is specialized in, you know, kind of adventure genre pulp is in the 50s. He did things like Around the World in 80 Days, which I honestly remember, despite, you know, it it winning him Best Picture. I remember it being a pretty excruciating three hour like travelogue film. Oh, is it? Yeah, I haven't seen (laughs) it. It's it's not great. Yeah, Uh, he did. But he also did like, you know, uh, World War Two films like The Dam Busters, which is not one of the more memorable ones either. But in the 70s, it was interesting. He expanded, I thought into like weirder films he got a lot of attention for doing logan's run which again not Mm. like the best sci-fi film but very influential one in terms of like science fiction dystopia conspiracy films where like the characters have to wake up from the fantasy world they're in like almost every movie you've seen with that premise basically copies the structure of logan's run in a way but he he also did uh, the movie orca shoot some slides around great grand prairie at Grapevine Mills Outlet Mall, which is what they turn the Logan's Run kind of sets into. Oh, oh really? that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll send, we'll send, send us those photos. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So he did, he did Logan's Run. He did a movie called Orca, the Killer Whale with Richard oh, Harris oh, and Charlotte Rampling. Oh, does it? Yeah, I, I haven't seen see it, that. but I understand I it's a monster. Orca rules. Yeah, yeah. It's like Jaws. But, oh, yeah. Like this, like you get to see a killer whale blow up an oil refinery. <laughs> that does sound sick. and then do like celebratory like you know spouting and yeah it's great i was really <laughs> taken by the tagline for it which was that this idea of the, the the killer whale is hunting down mankind because they killed his lifetime uh mate and oh, no, yeah they, they killed his wife who was pregnant and so the killer <laughs> whale is fucking pissed off and hunting these people down it's yeah, a revenge, so, so, it's a revenge movie. Yeah. yeah, literally the tagline was that like he's relentless and t- he has terrible vengeance across seas, across time, across all obstacles. That tagline is not lying, dude. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, that whale gets fucking pissed. <laughs> I might watch that soon. No Orca rules. Yeah, yeah. I forgot he did that. No, Orca's, yeah, much better than, yeah, Dark Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, this, this is I, what's interesting is that, like, this was kind of like a respectable British filmmaker 
in, in a way who was trying to make these kinds of films. But in the 70s, he really just started being like, yeah, whatever. You know, instead of doing serious spy adaptations or I think he literally tried to adapt 1984 as well sometime in the I can't remember in the, in the 60s, I think um, he just decided he was going to go full pulp mode. I mean, it's pulp, but like what pushes the film to like have a really kind of insane feel to it to me is the fact that they ran out of money to do a soundtrack or a score. So they just got John Philip Sousa music and changed the words (laughs) to all be about Doc Savage and his friends. Is that what his theme music is? It's 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 like a cover, basically. No, it's it's all John Philip Sousa music. Okay, and then they added the lyrics there. Oh, yeah, and they, they had the lyrics about how Doc Savage is such a cool guy. Yeah, he's got the biggest <laughs> brain in all the world. And oh, yeah. I read the whole thing after I watched the movie. It was The, the ly- lyrics are very funny. I would highly recommend anyone to just look up the, the theme song. It's, it's yeah, he's, he's a friend to all off, mankind. Basically. He's right. pure of heart and mind. Yeah. He and will like make crime Baron disappear. And he has his, uh, his, his super-powered manservants. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, Five so you of got them ham. With in individual yeah. skills. They're masters of their their classes. So, so, and it, and it's kind of weird. Kind of very nineteen thirties kind of mega skills. Like you have right. the master engineer. Like he builds <laughs> yeah. bridges. He's and he's very he he punches people. The electrician, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, Long Tom, the electrician. Yeah, he There's, just he just has a a, a really good lawyer. Like a Harvard lawyer, is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> who also has this like uh, he's he's got th- this poke poking stick. He's um, got a that sword he, cane that yeah, uh, but it has like, an anesthetic on it. people. Yeah, and it <laughs> kind of makes them feel it seems really good, uh, and then they pass out. Like they all pass out with smiles on their faces. So yeah, I wasn't so sure you don't if it feel was bad like, about him stabbing them. I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they can't kill people. That's the whole thing, right? They're they're. Uh, the good they're the good guys. They're upright. Yeah. They're yeah. justice boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these are these are these are the original GI Joe guys. They don't drink uh, then, or smoke. They all no. order individual sodas. They're like root beer, <laughs> Coke. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And they're straight edge. Most fascinating of the five is uh, the the scientist, the chemist, mm-hmm. who is a big fat guy who looks. It was like in the books he said he looked like an orangutan, but he's just kind of a big. <laughs> Like fat Scottish looking guy with the side he carries birds. a little pig. Yeah, yeah. He has a <laughs> tiny baby pig he carries around everywhere, and the pig's name is Habeas Corpus. Yes, and he saves the day a couple times. Actually, that pig. Yeah, oh, the definitely. pig's pretty important. Yeah, um, he's essential to, to making them escape in the finale. <laughs> Without that pig, the world would have been a, a worse off place. I mean, yeah, so this, the, 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 this movie is, is very interesting because it is essentially it is just one of like it is an attempt before Spielberg and before George Lucas, an attempt to bring back the pulpy 30s kids. Oh, yeah. This is pre they kind of Richard Donna Superman. This is pre all of that. And what's interesting, yeah. too, is that they have a strange balance between like the sincerity of Doc Savage and the campiness of everything else. And so at times you're unsure if they're like trying to make fun of Doc Savage a little bit or if they're but but then they'll still give him the the big zoom in and the like twinkle in his eye and a a big speech (laughs) about justice uh, before they go off into the plane and stuff. So there's a lot of sincerity balanced out with it just incredible camp, like just insane, ridiculous stuff that doesn't really uh connect too well to what Doc Savage is doing and what I guess uh, Ron Eli is doing. 
Yeah, this um, is definitely very um like at times <laughs> I was reminded of almost Austin Powers at times. Like like I'm like like there's there's literally a scene in this movie where the bad guys start laughing and it goes on for way too long and you're like this is a, this is exactly the joke in Austin Powers but I can't tell if they think it's funny or if they think like there's something uh you know more evil afoot here. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it it's it's interesting for me. The closest comparison to something that we've covered on the podcast was obviously Flash Gordon. Oh yeah, um, definitely. You know, the, covered, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the the lead is the mo- the massive blonde husk. Yeah, uh, you know, the 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 very much where you can't tell what it's you know doing as a budgetary limitation or what it is doing as an intentional joke. Sometimes, yeah, uh, it doesn't quite have the elaborate sets and vibrant colors and like psychedelic qualities that that um, film has. Because when no. we covered that, we talked about like literally the guy who did the production design for Sallow, like did the production design for Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, and like Max, you have Max von Sydow and Timothy Dalton in that movie. You don't really have performances on that level going on here. You yeah. don't have uh, crazy like, sex princesses or uh, you know. No, I do nothing like really cool though. happens. It's all in room. You know, nothing that cool happens at all in it. <laughs> I'm, well, I don't. I think I, mean, I had fun with guy? this, and maybe I had fun more fun than you guys did with this one. I feel oh, no, like I had fun with it. It's just it's just fucking silly. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and even, you know, the whole thing, the the way it views like this American hero, it has all the white savior complex and it does have some some pretty bad, like stereotypical stuff that it that it keeps going. Yeah, back it's got to, a lot of guys in brown face. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, I, like I it do starts find off most with of it Dr. Savage uh, yeah, going up to a skyscraper, correct? And right. being hunted by a sniper who's a, a guy a, in a brown Mayan face. Sniper. A yeah. Mayan sniper. A Mayan sniper. There's a white <laughs> guy painted like, brown. Absolutely. <laughs> There's a, a lot giant, of those around. Yeah. you got to watch out for them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a problem. Whose fi- yeah, whose fingers are bloody from climbing up a skyscraper with his hands so he can snipe them from next door. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 the, point, and, and the, this is after he returns back from his igloo of solitude, where he has been meditating and studying astronomy, and uh, uh, that's, just that's being an all-around great guy. Yeah, yes. Superman the took it man. from Doc Savage. Yeah, and then, and then that's also you know then you're introduced to his crew, and then that's where we get into the the kind of the, the sniper situation because he also learns of his. Um, his dad that passed away, which kind of sets off the adventure a little bit. Yeah, he died from a rare tropical disease in a place called Hidalgo, which automatically right. starts setting off little alarms in his head. He's like, that that seems suspicious. That doesn't seem right. And he as he's about his, to open uh, his supernatural, superhuman deductive ability. Yes. To determine yes. that something's fishy about this situation. That's right. <laughs> I do like um, some of the like totally unnecessary gadgets that he has. Like the one yeah, where like the le- like have, the clock safe. Yeah, where it's the, like it's watch. cool. Like it's like that's <laughs> sick, man, that you can do that. But you could also easily walk ten feet and just use the safe. Um, yeah, like there so was there, definitely nothing like faster about <laughs> yeah, doing the, it on his watch. I like also the hyper specific gadgets, like when uh, when the safe is on fire eventually 
because they're trying to destroy the documents or whatever. And and they have these like little snowballs that are meant to be extinguisher balls. And um, <laughs> it's just so hyper specific that it, it does very much remind you of like if you've seen the uh, the 60s Batman and he has like shark repellent and you're like, wow, that seems incredibly specific to have <laughs> on your gadget belt, you know? <laughs> and so, they, they're like, they're little globes and they make like blorps sounds when he throws them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, and when the sniper tries to shoot him with the elephant rifle uh, and, and misses, there's a part where they go afterward where they go, man, it's a really good job. He has those windows that make all of us look like we are five feet away from where we actually are, like a giant <laughs> optical illusion. And you're like, could you not just like put like a two way mirror or like what is the, like, already, there's, the, the Yeah, the funny <laughs> thing is, is that later on they show that they have like these these very lightweight but very efficient uh, bulletproof vests. And it's like, well, you couldn't apply right. that to like whatever technology to the, the glass that you had in your ultra HQ in the Empire State Building. Well, then they couldn't see through it, huh? Ah, yeah. there it is. There it is. Yeah. And, it, and, see, and it's the kind of Doc Savage. Uh, It's the kind of movie where characters are, you know, talking about how super Cradopolis they are and how they got big old (laughs) goose eggs on their head. And like, you know, it's very for for me, it was it was interesting because I do think becoming magnanimous. Yeah, (laughs) that's like most of the movie right there. Yeah. Like yeah. I, like for me, I did find that there was occasionally there was some bizarre charm to come out of this because it's very clear mm-hmm. that they went back to the original pulp stories and they literally stole the language and they stole the lines like straight from it. From what I understand, this was like a very deliberate uh, like and, you know, pretty gives the big code. The yes. Docs, the yeah. big speech and everything like it's a it's a very deliberately sort of like faithful throwback to, you know, the actual material uh, itself, combining a bunch of different stories like one called The Green Death and uh, Mystery on the on the Sea or something like that. Like they combined right. a bunch of the, really and the obviously Dr. the Man Savage. of Bronze, the original. I got the code right here. Oh, okay. Awesome. So they're about to get on a plane, him and his boys to go to Hidalgo to find out what happened with his papa. And he stops and he, 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 he turns <laughs> to the man and he says, I'm going to make the oath. Big close up. And he says, let me strive. I, I love how he has to stop the movie dead in its tracks, though, oh, to be God. like, yeah. just so we know, before the movie continues, <laughs> it's, it's time for the oath. <laughs> let me see here. Let but me continue. strive every moment of my life to make myself better and better to the best of my ability that all may profit by it. That's weird. <laughs> let me take what comes with a smile without loss of courage. Sure. Let me do all right, by, right to all and wrong no man. Let me be considerate of my country, of my fellow citizens, and of my associates in everything I say and do. And after he finishes the oath, uh, th- there's a applause yeah. on the yeah. soundtrack, not from the men. And it continues as the plane flies. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny because you can see the five guys. The uh, what are they called again? They're like the the wonder, fabulous five, the fabulous five, <laughs> and they're they're clapping, but you hear an entire audience of applause. So it's just like, well, that's that's the spirit of America. Exactly, that's what it is. Exactly, exactly. I salute it after honestly. 
Yeah, so there 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 is some some charm to just how uh, they have just basically recreated something that is so out of fashion with 1975. Like this right. is around the time that we were getting you know new Hollywood. You had these new paranoid you know conspiracy kind of thrillers coming out. You had these kinds of films that were you know being you know responding to you know the civil rights era and things yeah, this like came the out Vietnam like War. Not that long <laughs> after like the conversation, you know. Right. <laughs> Like, like this is this is such an uncool, deliberately uncool yeah. movie, and as a result, it basically bombed. Nobody liked it when it came out. I mean, also the leading totally. guy I mean, was cast from again, being a what, Tarzan tw- oh, yeah. TV show, right? I mean, twenty right. years later, they yeah, tried the it bod. again with The Shadow. Didn't work. People don't want yep. the shit. It rules, though. The Shadow's pretty. I great. think there was. I even read a uh, a funny review it was just on the wiki where they were like he, the, uh, Ron Eli doesn't even take off his shirt in this a waste or something like yeah. that <laughs> which I thought was very he funny does, though. at the, the very end he gets his shirt yeah, ripped off and there's like a swell of orchestral music that guy fell yeah. asleep yeah it, yeah. it, pro- it progressively gets torn off well, because, that, and there's like in the 70s reissues there's a very famous painting that they did that became the kind of iconic Doc Savage look and mm. he finally sort of replicates that look in the final couple of seconds when oh, the okay. villain doctor right. sees because he's a sea captain. <laughs> it's very clever when you think about it. <laughs> oh, it's fucking genius. Because he he tells because he lives on a boat. That's right. Yes. And um, um, there there was something uh, that was. Like, again, so like this, this was very, very thoroughly rejected at the time. Critics called it dopey (laughs) and clumsy. It was a huge box office bomb. There was one note that I found very adorable. The one person who seemed to like it was the widow, Norma, of the original writer, Dent, who uh, quote her, her quote leaving the film was. Uh, I saw the movie three times that day and I cried when I heard Ron, is it Eli? Ron Eli deliver the Doc Savage code. He said it uh, as he meant every word of it and it was wonderful. (laughs) Yes. And he does. The thing is too, like with Ron Eli, whether or not, you know, the whole thing works for you. um, Ron Eli is really giving it, I think, in this. He, He does do a good job with the whole like boring charming adventurer man because he he has to play a very like generic hero in a sense it's like pretty you know it's Mm -hmm. the it's the prototype for superman so um it's it 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 is going to come off especially to us incredibly just generic and and probably a little (laughs) bit boring but i do like his uh sincerity as he plays this part um you know he's always got yeah he's not a problem i actually think that I, I definitely think that he could work in a in a, a movie that, that was, was more suited uh, to what he was doing. That was yeah, that would kind of play up around him because unfortunately for me, I think if you're going to play that character straight, that the the filmmaking needs to be a little bit more animated. And yeah, for kinda, me, that was kind of my issue because then you can um, have like his balance, like he's more grounded, but then everything else is crazy. Where they 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 do a few things that are kind of ridiculous that I did appreciate and enjoy. Like I like the random uh the the one dude that's working with Captain C's and he has like a giant, giant king size baby crib and stuff. Yeah. Like I think that stuff is very fun. Um but it needed a little I bit more I also like the murderous uh, electric snake assassins. Yeah. Uh, who oh, just yeah, like appear snakes. randomly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it, it just needed a little it does need a little more of that because um it, it, it because it doesn't have 
as much as it needs, it, it does come off as that thing I was talking about earlier, where it's, is, is this parody? Is this sincere? I, I can't quite tell how much of this was supposed to be me laughing at it and not laughing at it. That yeah, kind of it's thing. this kind of goofy, really sincere comic booky premise that's, uh, that's kind of portrayed very flatly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. That that was that was the main issue for me is, again, there's a lot of bizarre charm to this that comes from just very sincerely the, like adapting the source material, old mostly, material yeah. like this. Yeah, it all comes yeah. from the source material. And, but most and of the movie me, is like a bunch of guys in a room going, hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly it. I just I just think that, you know, like it has the righteous speechifying. It has the, the gadgets. It has the mustache twirling villains. It has some very ridiculous things that if you describe them to other people, they're like, wow, that sounds like the most fun movie you've ever described. But I it's it, if you haven't seen it, the style for me was just done in just that deliberately kind of lazy TV camp way that oh, like sure. where it's just, it's so much like, standard I say, I say visual coverage. Imagine a boiling uh, lake of molten gold. It sounds pretty cool, right? <laughs> what if it was like just a big uh, kind of a beige mud pit? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so I, I was hoping for some like legit like animated Looney Tunes mania or something. But once they start doing the investigation, like once they actually start globetrotting and investigating his father's death after this brief sort of assassination sequence, which I will say kind of has some of the most impressive action in is, is literally. And I'm not sure if they burned all the money in the first 10 minutes, but like him I traveling from read, his I igloo to New did. York. And did they actually? Because like the whole thing with like him getting in the helicopter and like the dude actually like falling off the side of the building and them having the huge lights from, you know, all the skyscrapers on him and stuff. I was like, that's a, you know, it's not the best thing. It's still chintzy looking, yeah, but, it, you they, know, it's they still. Like, they ran out of money and they had to kind of. So the, the ending had to all go is they kind of had just had to make do, I think. Yeah, like and they went the, ludicrously over budget on it too. Apparently, it did go up to it. It was supposed to be like two million, and they went up to five million on it, and they just still kept running out of money somehow. So this must might just be uh, producer mismanagement uh, happening on the production of of Doc Savage, nineteen seventy five. Yeah, very possible. I do like the um, uh, the other action set piece that they do with the boat. I didn't think that one was too bad. They they have like a couple gadgets that they do. Like I like. Uh, the one scientist uses a lighter that ends up being like a laser gun of some kind. And, and oh, yeah, right, the, uh, the electrician. The yeah. And then he starts to actually electrocute people. Um, and that's where the, the bulletproof vest comes into play and they have like a oxygen thing attached to their stomach. So I did like the sequence of gadgets that they were showing to show their escape. And that is also the scene where they uh, each order like root beer and Coke and it's uh, established that Doc Savage and the boys are completely straight edge because they are the heroes that we need. Um, yeah, and, and, and Captain C is like, I'm glad you enjoyed your dinner because it was your last. <laughs> yeah, just ve- <laughs> all the waiters Evil start villain. pulling out guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it turns into a very like the only thing that's missing from what what would turn it into a Batman thing is the pows and the kaplows and all of that. They don't have that, but yeah, it's really I mean, they really could have used that, that, some that, that, Yeah, maybe well, that's the one yeah. thing I was gonna say is that the the, the, the disappointing like the, that is definitely one of the more uh, inventive action scenes in the film and one of the issues too for me was just that again it was sh- it was shot in like the way that you would shoot like TV action of like a guy just like walking up and just like yeah. punching 
another that, guy. That was like and, how they shot Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, exactly. Like it's the same. It's the exact same. Just like they put the camera down, and the big actor walks over to the henchman who's ready to take a hit, and he kind of, you know, you you can kind of see him miss. Yeah, we were sometimes. watching and Hung and martial law beat up, you know, a, a white beat or something. Yeah, I will say right. this. Does, this definitely feels more like a um a, a big pilot that they did for something that would eventually become like more 30 minute episodes and they were like let's right. just do this big you know big introduction pilot for for well, everybody do, to get everyone excited they do a sequel um yes and they do, do that they, they they do the whole like it's going to be this this episodic thing that keeps happening you know case after hey, here's case. here's the origin um yeah yeah um so you it does kind of have that TV still element might a be. little bit. Yeah. I'm still not giving up hope. They still might be a dog savage <laughs> man. I hope they do. I hope they do. It'd be really difficult to do in this day and age. I imagine it would be, and it was hard enough to do in the seventies, I guess it didn't, it wasn't okay, received let's well. See. So, Josh Gad but. is the chemist. All right. Josh Gad is the <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Sebastian Stan as the lawyer. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Giovanni Rabisi <laughs> as the electrician. Who yeah, we're cooking Doc? now. Who plays Doc? Oh, like who is who is our golden god? Army Hammer. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Actually, we're we're gonna bring him out of cancellation. Yeah, you um, absolutely nailed it with uh, <laughs> with Doc Savage to <laughs> the late sequel. You nailed the Lone Ranger. Death, you gotta admit, uh, Death on the you Nile. Oh, Jesus. And then yeah. and and then you need the legacy sequel Force Awakens treatment where, <laughs> yeah. where everyone has a lot of reverence for like the pig and they give him a funeral and you know like that kind of deal. <laughs> it gets really dark. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a tragic second episode in the trilogy. Yeah. Oh man. Come on guys. We need it. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway. it, it it is it, it is funny that you know this basically does move between um, being a very campy, legitimate TV show version of this with all of the kind of filmmaking laziness that kind of comes with that. And but also that's also the source of its charm. So that's where you're kind yeah. of, you know, for me, I kind of walked on that line or, you know, yeah, it'll be totally for people. 50 50 shot of like a joke is going to land for you because right. the I mean, material the kind of, is just silly kind of enough and it's being done sincerely it, enough. The flatness of it. And this, you know, what it is and what it tried to be really prefigures a lot of the Marvel, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like kind of the Russo yeah, I mean, the, 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 the way that the, they'll just pad out a scene with like endless, seemingly endless improvising comedic beats about how like the fat guy is silly or like the nerdy guy pulls out <laughs> another word out of his thesaurus. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, yeah. like the, the, this story is not feature length and they find ways to make these scenes into a feature length movie. And so for, for me that I, there were elements where I, I just started to get a little irritated and it started reminding me more of like Beastmaster and masters of the universe more than it did things like, you know, uh, f- even flash Gordon, which uh, right. on some level I think is doing camp a little bit more in a more, you know, a, a more ambitious way, even though I mean, that has a lot of stuff. Brian blessed in it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I could just definitely flying agree. on eagle wings and just screaming every line. It's so dope. 
Yeah, for, for, for me, it just it just didn't you know, it, it has a lot of chintzy slapstick humor. It never really got into that realm of what I felt like was straight up parody or spoof because it doesn't do enough aesthetic recreation behind the camera. Like I was almost expecting some like Dante isms or something. But I mean, I guess it was also 1975 and no one else had been doing material like this yet. It did come pretty early. Um, yeah, like I but I, but it, like I said, oh, with, with that, like there was a, a couple jokes that I felt. I've seen before and I'm not sure if I've seen them like most of the time I've seen it from like the 80s 90s uh like the one I already referenced was the la- the long laughter which was very much from Yeah villains Austin just Powers. laughing and you're um, like yeah the scene should have cut away like 30 seconds ago Yeah <laughs> but and the with villains this, you're are still not quite sure going. if it's actually parody or not but it still made me laugh and it worked and and it, mm-hmm. if not it definitely set up Mike Myers for that joke or something like that um and then there was uh another one um that oh shoot i lost my train of thought there yeah it'll come back to me you guys can go yeah so so that 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 just colored it a lot for when it actually jumped because the the intro for the intro i was mostly intrigued like there was there was you know a, a decent amount of clearly money and style put into it and it was very deliberately being silly and sincere with the way that it was adapting the material but then as soon as they just started like clearly getting into where they were running out of money and they were going over to, you know, the uncontacted Mayan civilization that his dad was working with very righteously, not exploiting them. The movie has to let you know that like seven times that, you know, his father was a good guy who was, you know, had a good relationship with these people versus the villain who is is exploiting them and making them slaves. Yeah. Yes. He is so evil. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, th- this, this whole investigation stuff of people just kind of sitting around in rooms or kind of like sitting around the yacht and, you know, going through the expository scenes where the local girl who worked with his dad is like, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a local native girl and your dad really was the best uh, doc. Mm-hmm. And now also I'm in love with you. <laughs> And, I, see, I you guess know. I like that because it's it's, it's <laughs> forcing upon itself like him to be this perfect hero. And even if the movie wasn't working that way, the fact that the movie had to just keep forcing it on him, I thought was honestly entertaining. I, I do. I did have to admit I did that like I liked the line. this a little bit. I like, liked ironically, but I, I think that there's a lot here that's still very charming and funny in that way. Even if I agree with you that a lot of it is kind of probably unintentional. I, I did like the uh, Mona, you're a brick. <laughs> Little uh, I was like, what punch does on that the chin. Mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what, what that, that means at all. That must be very I'm, I'm not sure school. if that meant that she was supposed it, to be did strong. Did they ever explain she, what she, the green... She's a building yeah, block. Probably. <laughs> did they ever explain what the green laser snakes were? The green death, they called it? I missed it if they did. It was part of like their... Uh, the, the, um, the Mayan culture or whatever it was the thing that was on their chest and i I look it was on wikipedia they 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 said it was like called uh let me let me look it up real quick it's called the kukulkin and it's some like mayan serpent so i think that's that's what it was i don't know if they went Uh, into extreme detail though (laughs) oh yeah it's uh it's kukulkan yeah okay oh okay okay i remember that 
Interesting. Sure, Doc Doc Savage. All right. Yeah, it's just yeah, a sure and what, kind of thing. And 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 as they're uncovering this mystery, you can figure it out pretty fast that the the the, the very nefarious Captain C's and the local politicians in Hidalgo, where they are, who are just a giant like dictators who sit inside of baby cribs, just crying and screaming for most of the film. Uh, <laughs> I do like the giant baby crib because that's oh, it's just really uh, weird. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, when it, it, did it's, the it's, baby come out? That fucking horrific. I, 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 I needed more of uh, that level of production design where it started to yeah. just make the world actually more cartoony in that way. Um, but you do eventually just figure out that, you know, his dad was murdered for this land that he owns, which has a bunch of natives who work on it, who were basically like literally printing him money via gold, which is an important thing that's going to come back. Uh, <laughs> because yeah, because Captain Captain Seas is now exploiting these people because, you know, his father, right. again, was not exploiting them via this giant money printing machine they have found in Hidalgo. Um, and he captures Doc and all of his friends and all of his nincompoops who are going on. a. I, I do like their little Western mission briefly where they are like and all on the horseback and pops up. Yeah. R- anytime, riding through the mountains to the theme song. And yeah, anytime the theme song pops up, it's, it's such an abrasive song. It's it's like the lyrics are, you know, just. Just, just jerking off Doc Savage. It's very loud and just oh, it's like it's choir. insane marching band parade music. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, it's marching just, band parades, right? <laughs> so anytime it pops up, it, it it really made me laugh because of just how like aggressive it is about Doc Savage. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, John Philip Sousa music is not subtle. It doesn't slip in there. <laughs> No. no, they're 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 cutting their way through the jungles and yeah. riding across western horizons, and they are Globetron. they are going to you know the, the music is like Doc's father is dead, and they must learn why he had to die before his time. And yeah, you know their hearts are filled with pride. What's happening in the lyrics, <laughs> yes. just verbatim? It's so it's so funny. Yeah, now Doc made a vow that helps. So let us recall <laughs> like, it now. And then in the song, they literally like repeat the vow and the oath of you yeah. know how he's going I'd to like, spread American like goodness to, around the globe. <laughs> I'd like a child from now to see this movie and see what they make of it. See if they're able to sit through this full film. Yeah, I'm gonna show like my uh, my eight year old cousin. Yeah, the next time I see yeah. him at Christmas or something, be like, "What do you think of this? What what did what, what kind of vibes you get?" Is this guy as cool as Spider-Man? Yeah, is he cool? <laughs> is this basically your Superman now? Yeah, yeah, and 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 that was it for me. Is you know the way that they extended it out with like jokes aimed at children, which is obviously you know it's a children's movie, so I, and, and yeah, a, part partially, partially, it's also kind of bloody. I was surprised at how bloody it was if they were trying. That's to make true. It a children's it's it's movie. more like uh, it's more like PG thirteen. I would say. Yeah. Uh, overall, I, it's a movie for like stupid adults. <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. me yeah i love it uh but i i this this the way that this sort of i love how we haven't even been able to really go through it because it's so basic like again doc yeah, he's hunting I mean, down his dad very... he goes to hidalgo they tell him that his dad disappeared in like an, an near an uncontacted mayan tribe he goes there he finds out that the villain killed his dad to steal his land and now he's gonna fight for it that and is then he right. fights for it and he puts the and villain it, it, in and, a headlock and it takes and like an hour and 40 an hour and 45 minutes to tell that story i was kind of blown away by how much they drag it out with like you know th- there are some needs... moments that are 
kind of kind of funny with like, you know, uh, Doc always making time for two hours of exercise every single day, no matter what. And all the maids are like staring at him being like, ooh. And then but then they obviously they just use that as like to be like, you know, why don't you do that? Like uh, the, in, fat like the chemist final confrontation guy. <laughs> is Doc Savage running up behind the bad guy and putting him in a headlock and saying, knock it off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and, and also the, the lawyer being held at gunpoint saying, uh, I'm a lawyer. I'll sue you. <laughs> <laughs> I personally liked the, um, oh, and this was, that, that, that makes sense. It, this was the other joke I couldn't think of earlier. Um, the, uh, the different variations of fighting. Although I don't think it was incredibly paced, uh, I did like the joke, and I it was one of the earliest times I've seen that joke because I've seen it a couple times in the like the eighties and the nineties. Um, but I, I did kind of appreciate it, like when Captain C's just starts going into sumo uh, position, <laughs> and then they start hitting each other with like bamboo sticks, and then they turn to fisticuffs, and then like the karate uh, chopping. Yeah, and the actual like names of each style pops up on the screen for you to read just randomly. Like it, it, it I would say it's a little. And they're bit, obviously doing it insanely badly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really badly. Um, so I kind of, I, I kind of liked that as well, just as a joke. But uh, most of them, I will say. Like, I agree. I think there needed to be like 10, 15 minutes uh, cut from the more exposition uh, scenes because it's just it's already so simple that you don't need all of this explanation. I, I understand that they're also trying to make this the uh, like the you know, they're, they're, they're introducing Doc Savage to the masses on this on, in the film world. So they're, they're just trying to get all of the the check marks of his story. Well, and you, you, you need to watch his genius mind at play as <laughs> he's course, ingesting this information and doing. There is a brief moment where he tries to go like Sherlock Holmes, where he's just like, hmm, suspicious. And yes. it's like, you know, it just it's obviously just like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. Go look into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, he does. He does big martial arts sequence with 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 Captain C. Um, and like, I read the thing like I think it was on the wiki, like from the guy who wrote the original stories, and he had no regard for Doc Savage after the fact. And he's, it's like he had a formula that he wrote the stories on of Doc getting in and out of trouble every time. He's like, I just did this bullshit right. for money. <laughs> well, yeah, it's definitely one of those like episodic things that's built so that Doc Savage never has anything really bad happen to him. He's always going to save the day. Uh, there's going to be another case that happens afterwards. You know, it's, it's immediately this ever, after. Yeah, well, it's this yeah, and, everlasting and, 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 thing. Very briefly, I do like that they get him onto the yacht. That Captain C tricks him onto the yacht with just hot women. <laughs> like that's that's all it that's all yeah. it takes is they're just like yeah okay we will Stroke we'll, we'll, we'll go onto the yeah we'll go onto the yacht and then that's when they do the huge fight with well, punching you know. through chairs and shock taser canes God gets all the babes but he like he likes to get his boys some some action too yeah every, everyone <laughs> you know everyone has uh has has flaws uh except for doc not doc that, that way no yeah, and uh, I do say I do want to say that the the actual climactic and sort of like ending sequence to this it's not good but it blew my mind and yeah. I, it made me imagine another movie where they kind of like leaned into this element of it because you know once again doc he, he beats up all the bad guys who are trying to use his dad's land and exploit all the natives as slaves uh the bad way he beats them and 
then he you would think that he's going to like give the land back to them or that's something like that. That's what it looks like. The rhythm and, tells and, you that and, that's exactly what's going to happen. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like literally there's a part where like so the funny. greedy, the, the greedy men get comeuppance from like mother nature seeking revenge and everything like that. Like he, it, oh, it's yeah. very he on the nose. Gold. Like he gets splashed by molten gold and becomes a statue of gold as a, you know, yes. the ultimate yeah. sign of hubris. Yeah. Buck Savage and, and, says, thank you for this infinite amount of money. Yes, he literally oh, he says that this is justice. like limitless money. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that he can spread justice to the world because he's the all-American golden god hero. Yeah, that's what it he, is. He 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 takes back his dad's land. And presumably, all the natives like, are still going to work on it, and they're going to spend all of the money to continue spreading his American Christly goodness around the world. And, like, and uh, then you got to remember, it's like pulp stories coming out during the Depression. The idea of you having unlimited money was just like <laughs> the ultimate ultimate fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank well, God he, for he, he also kisses the native girl who he said that he couldn't get into a relationship with. And then they don't kill the bad guy because he's against he killing. Says, but oh, he takes him, fucked up. Yeah. He takes him to a rehabilitation center where he <laughs> clockwork orange style yes. reprograms and lobotomize. Like literally there's a scene of him lobotomizing him yeah, he into behaving to, from uh, China, his his, uh, he does, quote, his unquote, yes. acupuncture, long studying yeah. in China. It says acupuncture, yeah. but he he's fucking drilling those na- like, yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and he does it to turn brain. him into a respectable, civilized member of society. And then it ends on him later, uh, sort of fast <laughs> forward, where he sees his arch nemesis well, now that, working for the salvation bandages army. On, like around his head uh being taught life yes. skills he's making a mandolin <laughs> on a wood turner <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then he learns uh to sing christmas carols for everybody for the public and doc savage passes yeah. him by with an armful of christmas presents because he's a good christian boy that's right that's and he right. goes up and he puts his presents under the tree while his uh Fucking 45 Victrola powered uh, answering machine tells him about problem on the other side of the planet and he sprints out of there. <laughs> He's got to save the day again. And then they do. Uh, yeah, he, he kind of just rushes uh, throughout the streets in his convertible. And then it does a big like title spin and says, Doc Savage will be a, will return in his next adventure, which is called I can't remember right now. Axis I have to look it up. Of, I took a still of it to laugh at it later. <laughs> the arch enemy of watch for Doc Savage's next thrilling adventure, the arch enemy of evil. There it Co-starring is. Paul Gleason as Long Tom, Bill Lucking as Rennie, the engineer, Michael Miller as Monk the Chemist, Eldon Quick as Johnny the Nerd. And Daryl Zwerling as Ham, the lawyer, <laughs> just, who in the book was... They just call him the nerd. <laughs> the lawyer guy was uh, described as being the best-dressed human man on Earth. I don't his know power, if that's true. His power is being <laughs> well-dressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, and that's Doc Savage, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is. was this was a strange one. This was a strange one. I <laughs> I, I, I I won't lie because I yeah. the like, thing nobody, is is almost every critique you can basically have of it. This movie's completely forgotten. <laughs> For kind yeah, of we're here to make people remember. Yeah, everyone go out and watch Doc Savage. It has under uh, one thousand <laughs> logs on Letterboxd. We love when we do these episodes because no one has seen this film. 
Unfortunately, I won't be recommending it uh, on be. the on the basis of it being a three star classic. For me, it was in the two star realm. If we're pivoting over towards the reductive rating round for basically uh, what I already said, which is that you know, again, this is someone. Everything that you're going to critique this film for is something that you could make the argument that it is doing deliberately. The fact that it's corny, the fact that it's cheap, that it has the tone of like uh, campy Adam West Batman it's, it's and Saturday morning serials. Interesting enough. Not- That's it for me. It just it doesn't have for me. It's the filmmaking. It doesn't have the visual creativity or directorial flourishes to make that sing. Like Spielberg would obviously do his own homage to these kinds of stories with like, Raiders. Lucas would do it with Star Wars. Okay. And obviously, you can't necessarily compare it on a budget level. Although this isn't a cheap movie. Again, this still costs five million dollars, which is only half of what Star Wars costs. Which kind of blows your mind when you think about what they're doing here on a filmmaking level. When you think about they had five million dollars, which is compared to the next film we're talking about. You know. Uh, not even comparable hundreds um, of millions of dollars yeah <laughs> and and i but i will say there is some charm and there is some bizarre detail to it i liked the remote control decoy plane dog fighting i liked the dastardly maniacal international like, criminals not, constantly trying movie, to kill him but there's there's enough kind of interesting bullshit that they kind of tried to do to make yeah. it maybe worth a look they, they 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 did enough of the original material completely sincerely that there is stuff in here that's worth taking a look if nothing at. Nothing else. It's just, the first maybe fifteen minutes are fucking pretty great. Yeah, yeah. And for for me, it's just after a while the build. And by the time we hit the halfway point onward, it was starting to get. The fact that it the deliberate camp mixed with the lack of visual ambition did just start to get a little grating. Because I was thinking like, man, Flash Gordon at this point was doing the crazy shit where they were sticking their arms into the trees and having like crazy fantasy sequences. And like at this point, we were like having the fifth joke about like the fat chemist being fat. Uh, to try to extend an exposition scene inside a room. <laughs> so I was like, okay, There's at a certain point, we long kind of meal scenes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like the, the way that they found to drag this stuff out just kind of blew my mind. But again, friends, there's a giant yeah, oversized crib. The, there's the, uh, <laughs> it would have made a great he's enjoying too much food. You might see Jamie. something. Um, <laughs> those tacos look delicious, man. Like boil this down to 25 minutes and you got gold. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, if this was a half hour episode of TV and it did all of the best stuff that was in it, I think I would have had a lot more um, fun with this. But I've just found it strangely dull, um, which is a weird thing to say about a movie with some of the scenes that we described in it. Again, this ends with the hero taking back his father's literal money printing machine back from a bunch of slave Mayans and then <laughs> lobotomizing his arch enemy clockwork orange style. Yes. So, you know, the yeah. fact that that's something Merry that happens Christmas. in this film and I am describing that film as gentle you know, minds, kind of a chore you are no longer my through. slaves. You are now my forever employees. Yes. <laughs> so are, I'm just going to I'm going to use as a giant physical wallet um, <laughs> <Literally> <laughs> to, to spread American goodness. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of what uh, Jeff Bezos so thinks he is, right? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. The most interesting yeah. man in the world. So I would I would argue that this is in like higher two territory for me. I, I, I had a, 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 a I could see having a fun time. I just don't know that I'll be revisiting yeah. this one and, now, and giving it another try. Now, Dr. Alien, I, I did not get bored while watching it. I got to say. Uh, <laughs> see, I man, you guys are going to hate me. I, I still like Dr. Alien, but I I got 
more of a kick out of this, to be honest. Um, but oh boy, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh, kapow, kapow, wham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're gonna have in to the go, next segment, but 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 ratings for you guys. We're gonna have to go sumo, karate, bamboo yes. sticks, fisticuffs on this. Um, we're gonna gung fu. Yeah. We're gonna go uh, <laughs> bojitsu. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, it's a three. I do agree that it's uh, too padded out. It needs like a good 10, 15 minutes of those scenes just in a room, either to just have like more gadgets involved in those exposition scenes or um, just better jokes overall. It's basically um, the template for the Russo brothers, Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah. I like all the, uh, I do like all the gadgets that they show. Uh, I think oh, sure. that those were fun and very silly and hyper specific. And that's what I liked about them. It felt like they were designed to just do one thing in one very specific situation. And it was very funny to me. Um, like I said, there are a couple jokes that I, weren't quite sure um specifically the laughing one if it was supposed to be kind of funny or if they were supposed to be actually just this evil and this was supposed to be like an overlooming feeling i was supposed to have i'm not quite sure here and there but that is an, part an of the eight-year-old might find that genuinely evil yeah exactly exactly they'll at least it's so uh like in your face about it that an eight-year-old would have to know that these are the bad guys it's kind of like that um but but I think that there's a charm to not knowing certain uh, uh, tones that they're trying to strike here and there, especially when you have Ron Eli just giving it his all with the sincere uh, portrayal of Doc Savage. Um, and like, uh, and yeah, is- I do like uh, like the. There's a couple of things that I liked visually, like the the matte painting of their um, eagle. Uh, Eagle HQ, I thought was kind of cool, and the fact yep, like the yep. uh, the eye opens. Most of up. the opening sequence looks nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's some things to have uh, fun with here. Uh, but once again, I do agree it's it's too padded out and it's not hitting every mark by by any means. But I had I had a good time and it was fun to go back into this very like just very very classic, almost at this point now generic hero story. I thought that that was a fun time to go back. It's and definitely a strange artifact, but. Yeah, it's an artifact yeah. of, you know, that's become the dominant fucking culture. <laughs> right. Like in so, the uh, era of the Marvel three. movie, it's, you know, yeah, it might be worth going back to revisit this weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Um. Oh, like one to five, we're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, strong 2.78. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I like the specificity. Maybe yeah. we can get you to a 2.95 someday. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get some Hell kind yeah. of like Tumblr fan art of the five, uh, fabulous five, like <laughs> doing some sort of isosceles lock, kind of sucking each other's dick in a circle. <laughs> that could get me up. Yeah. Let us know if that's Doc's out there. And if, and, and if it's not out there, maybe one of our Discord patrons who's it's an artist. Impreg could, uh, stuff with the chemist <laughs> and the lawyer. Yeah, could could look into that. Uh, But that'll wrap it up for Doc Savage. We're going to be right back, and we're going to be talking about Dr. Alien. What the hell is this? You're a man, and I'm a woman. I'm with you so far. Good work, son. (laughs) The Earth Boy stole the last bottle of the formula. (laughs) How do you like college so far? Landers, Troy Donahue, Edie Williams, and Billy Jacoby. Dr. Alien. 
All right, we are back and we are talking Dr. Alien, a.k.a. I was a teenage sex maniac, a.k.a. (laughs) I was a teenage sex mutant, a 1989 (laughs) science fiction comedy film directed by one David Dakota. Yes, Um, a legend. And uh, yeah, it's worth, so we've covered David Dakota once. Right. Um, on this show, we talked about, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe I have to say this title again. Hell yeah, um, do it. When we did that episode, I said that title like six million times. Uh, Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball <laughs> Bolarama was the film um, that we covered. And it was an incredibly Wild surreal time. and incoherent movie about a bunch of college dorks who spy on some sorority girls who are all spanking each other with paddles and they get yeah. caught doing so. So naturally they make them join the pledges in their mission to go to the local mall and steal a bowling alley trophy from a bowling <laughs> tournament, which contains a black magic imp who jive right. talks and grants wishes. And this movie, by the way, is based on the short story, The Monkey's Paw. <laughs> right. So all the wishes um, go bad. Yes, and the kids start getting kind of killed slasher style a little bit. And uh, with, I do uh, a sexual edge because that's just what David does. Yeah, he I mean, he always made films for the softcore uh, sexploitation audience. So any film, no matter the premise, had a bunch of topless uh, women at certain yeah, points. Just barely in most of them. Yeah, yes. they all yeah. feel like uh, pornos that just never get to the porn that a, a lot yes. of the time. Yeah, but with, yeah, well, not and to take away he anything. Did he did some of the some really good kind stuff, of showtime. He did like House on Hooter Hill, I think, he, you know, he's. Yeah. yeah, he actually did get started directing porn. He's that was where he, yeah. How many movies? So I, it's does not he a have totally here? unfair assessment. One hundred and fifty-eight directed. One hundred and seventy-seven on IMDb. Well, there yes. you go. There you go. <laughs> what a legend. so he got, and and that's only since like the mid eighties. Like, right. like it, it's it's insane how going. many movies. He, he he's released three films this year. Him and Jim Wynorski are just the kings of that bullshit. Yeah, what so if you, you ever want to take from him? the David Dakota pill, uh, it, it there's a lot to go there. It's never ending. Uh, I've only seen uh, Sorority Babes and now Dr. Alien. Mm. And I also, right before this, I kind of wanted to see what a late David Dakota picture looked like. <laughs> oh, dude, I was don't, like, I've, don't I've, go I've, look at those, dude. I did, dude. I, I watched uh, a talking cat. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. A talking cat? Yeah. yeah. It, it has a big exclamation well mark and big question mark. I um, saw the trailer for that that you posted on Twitter, and I, I was like, I don't even know if my blade is strong enough for that one. You know what I mean? Like, that was just... Yeah. That it seemed is, it, it is his It is his, his attempt at a, a talking animal family film. It has iMovie editing. Uh, the way that the cat talks is it's a, it's a freeze frame on the cat right. and then they put a black slit on its mouth to make it move like in 2D editing software. The uh. is, It is scored by what sounds like a, a, a keyboard uh, generic sound library. And it's it shot, is shot in one of the houses they, they rent for pornos. Right. Yes. And and not only that, um, he shot 50 of his movies in this porno house. And I looked up this house. (laughs) Apparently it is owned by a guy who may or may not have gone to prison for fraud and and (laughs) was part of a gold coin money laundering scheme of some sort. Cool. Um, Sigma. 
Yeah, it is. It is. You know, oh, one of the sons is like one of his twink friends who is also a porn actor, and obviously David Dakota is obviously uh, he is also a very out and proud gay man. So over the course of his career, the uh, the leering shots of women as his sort of aging actresses have gotten less comfortable doing it. It has just become. He shoots every movie in this mansion, and there is like five twinks and five hunks. <laughs> yeah, and man, like that it's is, just these kind of like sickly looking uh, dudes walking around tidy whities in this this shitty house. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. And, and there, there's a, there's an entire series called the thirteen thirteen series. Yep. He did fourteen <clears throat> entries in this series between 2011 and 2012, and it is all shot in this house, and it is all just dudes. Uh, with abs and in their <laughs> underwear walking around and every one of them has a title like 1313 the boys and the giant killer bees or 1313 <laughs> the haunted frat 1313 Bur- Bermuda Triangle 1313 yeah it's just <laughs> Hercules Unbound Stepbrother the boy crazies he, he made all of these in like a year and and a half. Oh my um, god. I, this awesome. is here's some embarrassing shit. I'm gonna tell you which David D. Cato films I've seen from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Dream Maniac. I've seen Creepazoids, oh 87. I've seen Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bowl of Rem, of course. I've seen Assault yeah, of the Killer Bimbos. Nice. I've seen Nightmare Sisters, which is basically Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bowl of Rem again. Yeah, I've seen I've Lady seen Avenger, that. which is Lady Rambo, basically. <laughs> that sounds sick. Uh, I've seen Zombie Rampage. Oh, he just produced that. Sure, I've seen that as well. Uh, Doctor Alien. Sure. Assault of the Party Nerds. Sure. Uh, Ghetto Blaster. Have you I've seen, seen? Have you seen the Killer Eye? The one about the uh, the homeless man's eyeball who oh, turns into a giant killing machine that like wants to specifically murder hot women. Oh, cool. He did Ghoul School. The movie Amazon. with uh, that was made with uh, what's his name. Jackie the Joke Man Martling from Howard Stern. <laughs> Linnea Quigley's Horror Workout. Crash and Burn. <laughs> the workout bit. Skinned Alive, The Girl I Want, Robot Ninja, Puppet Master. Oh, just, he yeah, I was, I, I was I given a brief three. crash course by um, our friends over at the Important Cinema Club podcast, Will Sloan and Justin DeClue, because they did recently did a uh, Dakota episode, which is how I learned how to pronounce his last name, too. It is apparently David Dakota, wow. which surprised Dakota. me because I was okay. not that was not how I said it on Slimeball episode at all. But I was like, I'll trust Will and Justin because they've seen way more of his movies than I ever will. And they've actually spoken to him and, you know, listened to like a million commentaries and interviews Jesus. by him. Oh, he's and they and they well, yeah, he he eventually kind of like, I think, ended his career here uh, mm. in Vancouver or something like that. Um, but they told me because they went through a whole crew. They talked about creepazoids. They did Beach Babes from Beyond. They talked about a whole bunch on their episode. It's worth listening to. But the one that nice. they talked about that I wanted to see was his passion project, which apparently was just a really like slight independent gay love story called leather jacket love story. Oh yeah. I've seen and a poster right here. A twink meets hunk romance. Yes. That's literally <laughs> what it is. And they, and they've said that it's <laughs> genuinely competent and sweet. Um, 
And he never made a movie like that ever again because basically it just didn't make any money. So now he spends his entire, you know, he he works on all of these movies in this porno mansion and also <laughs> uh, guest directs like Hallmark Christmas movies and like Lifetime franchise films and yeah, things he like does, that. He does, he's got a franchise <laughs> with Vivica A. Fox, looks like. Yeah, apparently they're like best friends. He directs <laughs> like half of the things that she produces. Um, the wrong series. We got the wrong yeah, so he, mommy, so, the wrong boy next door, <laughs> wrong house sitter, wrong stepmother, wrong wedding planner, wrong cheerleader coach. Wrong yeah, so this, this guy, yeah. this guy, he in works terms hard. of, <laughs> and, and yeah, he is genuinely an exploitation <laughs> film legend. No one else has probably done more exploitative uh, marketing like, gimmicks. He works at the than, scale of like Mike, you know? Yes, he's pro- he's probably shot a film for like under a thousand dollars and he would do it with a smile on his face. Like that's yeah. the kind of guy that he is. There's a big quote from him where he just said, I always wanted to make what I could sell. So I just promised myself that I would not be set in my ways. If somebody said, look, we need a horror film. We need a creature feature. We need a Western. We need a period costume drama. I was able to just put that together very quickly. He made nine <laughs> movies in 1989. Has yes. he ever Jesus. mentioned wanting to get something that had a more a bigger budget and maybe more like control just because he's been doing such low budget stuff for so long? Has he ever mentioned anything that you guys know? No of? idea. Uh, no, I'll, I'll have to go down the rabbit hole. Maybe the listeners could start going down the rabbit hole and maybe we'll cover cover a, a couple other movies because he's definitely a very, very fascinating oh, yeah. wow. person I who, not who, who started the in the 80s making porns and PAing on Roger Corman films and eventually getting into full moon pictures and making all kinds of really oh, yeah. trash genre films and then eventually making his way over to Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies I and think he movies. Got, he got Todd Sheets his big break too. That's another big bullshit. Out. He did Sorority Babes and the Dance-a-thon of Death. Okay. Yeah, and by the way, his his talking cat <clears throat> movie, the guy who does the voice for the talking cat is Eric Roberts. Right, of course. And, yeah. and 100%, the way that his performance sounds is that he was held at gunpoint and was having a stroke, and he, and he was recorded on the other side of a room. Yeah, like, the mic it doesn't is make bad. Any, the mic is really bad, and and Eric Roberts says that they that he recorded it in a bathroom in someone's house, and he doesn't remember it. And <laughs> Dakota says that they did it in Eric Roberts's living room, and he recorded every single one of his lines in under fifteen minutes for oh, the film. It sounds like Just he's laying on the couch, uh, uh, stoned. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely what it sounds like. It, it, there's no care in his voice, and I've only seen the trailer, so I can't imagine what the whole seven. But that 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 talking is. cat who arbitrarily can only talk to a person once, he does bring those two single families together, and the one oh, brother well, they, on the one family teaches the other brother how to swim, even though very clearly the man is like in his you know twenties or thirties, <laughs> and he's just it sounds touchy. It's, it's yes, it's a it's a very adorable. Um, story but before he was doing that we should get into dr alien that's david dakota that's the crowd this is really important backstory for to understand the tapestry tapestry and the conditions yes that led (laughs) to dr alien which as we get into it here is essentially an 80s teen sex comedy premise about a very nerdy kid at school being made into a hunk, being made into a chick magnet. 
uh, it has that it, it, it has all of the, you know, terrible leering male fantasy, bad jokes elements to it. But David Dakota applies this really bizarre and insanely uh, just like nonsensical science fiction premise to it <laughs> yeah. that yeah, essentially like, brings the film nutty professor. <laughs> it's like he rips off a lot of repo man. Yeah. Yep. It's all, it's got that. Uh, didn't we cover a movie where the, the men couldn't populate the earth? Is it was Zardoz like that? Yeah, that's sort of. Yeah. Like where they were, there was like a, there was an organized science fiction society <laughs> where they were trying to generate like uh, very masculine men with right. Sean Connery and his fucking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the, the, the men that were on the planet couldn't couldn't do it. It was a it's kind of similar, I guess. Yeah, so that, that that's what that's what's happening um, here, where this nerdy kid's uh, replacement science teacher or sex ed teacher. Well, because is, his, uh, his 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 teacher gets run off the road by a UFO. Yes, yeah, uh, at the beginning. Uh, e. T. in a Camaro is what they say. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, which I, does kind of lead to a cool like uh, car flip just to set her off. Well, I mean, that was that was uh, the market, you know. He was filling in, uh, you know. This is what this is what the people wanted. The people yeah, were was, like, "We need." Flick. Yeah, this was this yeah. was it. This is what makes it exploitation. Is he was like, "Look, we we need uh, a little bit of this exploitation. We need a little bit of you know topless women every like ten minutes or so." But yes. yeah, I mean, you know, I figured you that, boys need to get a little sleaze back in here, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, thank Throughout you. that, we're gonna we're gonna tell this very heartwarming story about a nerdy kid uh, discovering himself and becoming more confident and and assertive. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and his much cooler um, little brother, who's played by uh, the yeah, the, it's the, the Jacoby brothers, right? I think they don't change his name, but it's the older brother. The main character is the dude from Just One of the Guys, <laughs> right? And the little brother, his actual brother, is. The kid from Tremors, the little shithead. So, yeah, you know those guys. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was thinking that the main kid is also uh, young, um, young Dar in Beastmaster as well, before it's uh, Mark Singer in oh, all yeah, of right. his yeah. uh, amazing glory. Um, but, yeah, so it stars this kid as a, as a, a, a kid named Wesley Littlejohn. Um, whose, whose teacher, as we mentioned, is... Um, yeah, and in this crazy car flip stunt <laughs> that queuing queuing up right after uh, Doc Savage, I was like, "How does this have a legitimately impressive car flip stunt in it? Like this has this was had to have been shot for like you know like a hundred thousand dollars or so, or probably more than that." But something else, maybe, or I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but I was like, "Damn, this whole thing about the UFO like shining the blue light into the car and the science teacher trying to like drive away, be like, oh my god,' and then the car flipping." I was I was slightly uh Im- impressed by that but then jamie you said something about the title sequence oh yeah just it's it's very funny because it goes from that which is exciting i i was like i was surprised too um and then it does like a very very quick just hard cut to this like cheap uh uh title card that says dr alien and and there's no real um like flow into the title card and then it goes right <laughs> back into the uh, the student's life, I guess, uh, Wesley. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it just, it, it uh, you know, it just, it just rings that kind of like low budget 
I guess you could say charm a little bit, but it is it is kind of uh, there's a bit I, of charm to this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There definitely is. Like he's um, a big nerd. His dad's a big nerd. His dad's an accountant, <laughs> right? And he wants to be an accountant. Yeah, stereotypical too. 80s nerd. They they have the ties and the cardigan combo. They're doing like the same mannerisms. There's like this goofy, upbeat comedy music. And it's definitely the 80s sex comedy. It's a good bit when um, the little tone. brother, when the brother says, I want to be an accountant, and the little brother says, gross, I want to be a teamster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. I also like the, uh, the the way that they introduce this the suburban feeling of the family. Just uh, they they sit down and right before they all um, uh, sit down, they they all like unfold their napkins and put it on their lap, except for the little brother, of course. It's a yeah, subtle it's a very, thing, but it's, it's all very fifties. It's all very fifties sci-fi yeah. throwback. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And, you know, they're, they're saying lines like, oh, he's such a good boy. There's nothing wrong with him. What a perfect child. That kind of stuff. He's a big yeah, time but nerd he, boy. But, but he uh, he is a big nerd and he has no f- he has basically just one cool friend at school who do, who who drives him to school. He has a crush on this girl named Leanne. He can't talk to her. Um, you know, he he is just he's he's suffering through all of the cliche 80s teen nerd experiences <laughs> and he's having a bad time. Uh, and he's getting into all kinds of antics as well. And and Dakota obviously has an incredibly strange comedic sensibility, which we <laughs> talked about uh, when we did uh, Slimeball Bolorama, because there, I, I will say this is slightly more coherent than that film, which most of the jokes are like. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, things like a character just showing up and being like, uh, surprise, it's Rhonda. And you're yeah. like, and you're like, you my, didn't even know th- their name. <laughs> my favorite line from that is it's the one I put in my review where it's just like he used black magic to call up some sort of imp, you know, to help him be a better bowler and all. And uh, yeah, he got out of hand. <laughs> like it's, just, yeah. it's that kind of thing. It's it's very corny and cheesy and funny. Yeah. M- murders with like heads being shoved in bowling ball p- uh, polishers and like uh, a head going into a deep fryer at one point. And the character is <laughs> saying like crispy critters. Yeah. Uh, another great line uh, she demons damned if you do damned if you don't <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. yeah there's um, some good lines in there yeah so like this ha- definitely displays a lot of that where it's once again this thing where half the time you're not 100% sure you know if what you're watching is supposed to be funny or not but mm-hmm. having seen more dakota films i am under the impression now that he is more in on these jokes than i previously yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, definitely, he is. definitely is laughing his ass off when you know he is you know having the new sex ed teacher uh dr zenobia played by julie landers who's a regular tv comedy guest star on things like the love boat and happy days and Char- charlie's angels and her sex ed uh opening sex ed lecture is like come <laughs> asking all the boys about their penis and then saying things like sex banging low screwing low. hosing <laughs> humping hosing uh, penetration stimulation uh i love the way she says ejaculation it's ejaculation yeah and it, 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 I, he always asks things like partially as a question and, and she um, also says things that aren't necessarily like what a sex ed teacher would would say she, like she doesn't always no. just stick to penis vagina Popping or whatever your cookie. But exactly she says <laughs> stuff like that blowing your load like that kind of shit and and i and it, it kind of sets cookies. off <laughs> yeah, kind of sets off the teenage minds to be like, oh, what is she doing here? Plus, she's hot, so that helps too. 
Did it, did you see the size of those cones on her? <laughs> <laughs> She's a goddess. Yeah. Whoa. And she has a vampire looking assistant named Drax. Who's played by um, that little dude, Raymond O'Connor. Who's yeah. always yeah. good. He was, the, yeah, he, uh, good. he was the tour guide in the rock. Yeah, Alcatraz. Right. He was true. an evil little <laughs> magician and cast a deadly spell. That excellent. Yeah. Do you ever see that one? That excellent, like HBO kind of Lovecrafty movie. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. No. Oh, dude, it's dope. Clancy Brown's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but but it turns out that this new uh, sex ed teacher that is replacing the one that was run off uh, by ET and a Camaro off the road, mm-hmm. and she is there to, as we later find out through through the course of the film, as as uh, an alien who is trying to repopulate her own civilization by experimenting on new types of drugs that will make the men more uh, sexually uh, uh, vital. And so they decide they're going to experiment on the teen boys and all of the boys, you know, they I think she asks for like a volunteer like to stay for after class. Uh, and all of the boys are immediately already obsessed with her and want to volunteer. And they're also horny except very Wesley. clearly as the team. Except Wesley. Well, yeah. except Wesley. So so he doesn't raise his hand until she offers uh, extra credit. And then he raises <laughs> right. his hand and she selects him. And, and she's so selecting him because she, the whole idea is to choose someone who is not, uh, you know, doesn't have a lot of uh, virility to them mm-hmm. and trying to increase that. In what's them. weird is <clears throat> there's kind of an internal consistency with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is, from what I've seen, this is absolutely the most coherent <laughs> David Dakota film where I could track what it was that was happening in every given scene. And they were, you know, setting it up and explaining it enough that I could follow. And it was populated with enough strange detail that I was like not incredibly um, bored throughout. Like when yeah. she just starts pulling out the, uh, you know, she's like, OK, you're going to be a human guinea pig and I'm going to put this vitamin that's going to better your physical condition and make you a happier you and then she pulls out the giant needle from reanimator yeah. i was like okay that's just funny yeah. <laughs> the green goo yeah and she's like asking him to drop his pants and he's very clearly uncomfortable and, and they add a he, lot of she, like cartoonish elements to it too when she eventually pokes him in the butt and takes it out there's a little like pop sound that's very much oh, yeah. out of like the looney tunes or something like that and her, 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 he's her also giving hilarious is, narration the psychic yeah. is doing a jerry lewis the whole movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and he's, you know, he's describing the feelings of the needle going into him. He's like, my insides had been turned into guacamole and my brain had been microwaved. Like, it's so clearly intentionally over the top and so, just ridiculous. He and he's like doing little, it in the middle yeah. of dialogue, too. Like, he's he, yeah. he'll be talking and then his thoughts will pop up, but then he'll continue on his sentence after that thought ends. It, it's, it's, it is strange at times, but there is um, there's something about constantly having his stream of consciousness throughout this bizarre thing that is very funny and leads to some good lines. It's like Lynch's Dune, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Lynchian. as a result of this uh, this Stuart Gordon green goo, he has he grows a little phallic, uh, little fleshy alien stock that sticks out of his head, straight out of like from beyond or brain damage, and mm-hmm. it starts it's doing a, a, but little a, winks. Like, and the forehead would be gross. It comes out of the, the very top of the head, like my favorite Martian style. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a very 1950s alien bullshit kind of thing. Yeah, th- th- there's a hilarious uh, scene where he has to, like, cover it up like it's, like, a zit, and he's trying to hide it from his brother, and he's just literally, like, putting a hat on, and you can see it, like, trying to stick out of his hat and everything like that. It's, like, it's literally, mm-hmm. like, if what if an element from Videodrome was turned into, like, an insanely cheesy sex comedy. Um, yeah, and, like... And whenever any woman sees his uh, little flappy uh, penis tentacle on top of his head, they get mega horny. Insanely horny at its disgusting little kissy noises that it makes at them. It's like, (laughs) and they're like, oh my God, that's the hottest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, the, the guitar kicks in, the neon lights kick in. You know, uh, he starts uh, the, the the part two where they start having sex. The teacher starts having sex with him, and there's like the silhouette of her riding him on, on the, the anatomy. anatomy chart. Yeah, yeah, which is like actually a pretty cool shot. As the other doctor is like taking the notes down. This is just it. Is if we're com- directly comparing like- the two, um, I was surprised at the level of just like no budget ambition that this, this film has i don't think it all one works of david's best films i don't think it all works no. but i was just impressed at like there was clear effort on display by david dakota to make this insanely monumentally stupid movie <laughs> uh work and be more competent and coherent than it should, than it should be, should be. Yeah. yeah and i was impressed at how it didn't always work, but it worked for me more than I expected it to, well, because there is yeah. stuff in this that just is so dumb. Well, he takes yeah, from I other found, movies like whole cloth. It's pretty great. Yeah, I found like, that when he did uh, specific gags, those were pretty funny and I enjoyed them. Like we were talking about um, even something simple, like I just said, the the cartoon sound effects. Um, I, I kind of thought the, the blind... Uh, man thing when he trips over the bully's feet was a little bit funny. Um, the things I, I, I got a little bit more eye rolly on were just their kind of like sex conversations between him and Marvin. I thought that those were just a little bit uh, cheesy, but when it came to anything mm-hmm. that was it, like uh, uh, associated with the sci-fi elements, especially, I thought that those were, were great. Or um, like we were talking about earlier when they were doing some of the suburban things like the the uh, in sequence folding of the napkin and his brother getting a big close up and calling him butthead and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to after the sex scene where he's with the teacher where he's like, wow, that was a wonderful experience. But it also felt like uh, my body had been invaded by something weird and terrifying. And it, it literally yeah. is like a sex comedy Cronenberg thing going on there. And his little brother is really into um, like uh, like pulp movies and stuff like that. He's watching what looks like one of the late It's Alive sequels on TV when he comes home. Oh, yeah, and it, is, it is interesting to think that he he often says that he gets like amnesia and doesn't remember a lot of it. So there is something about him finding his confidence through something he's kind of doing completely self uh, subconsciously. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, I guess it it also gets a little icky when you think about it too, but it's, uh, Oh yeah. I think the brother was watching, I looked it up. uh, I think he's watching. It's a live three Island of the alive. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Which is a great movie, by the way. Yeah, I got to watch uh, that Larry one. Cohen. It's so wonderful. We'll, we'll cover it at some point. Uh, lo- love Larry Cohen doing his own, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, like an old school King Kong-esque, oh, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> monster movie. But, <laughs> like, all the babies, the babies are, are, all the babies are, like, working out on an island. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
they're they're now like a like a new sort of uh, species the world has to uh, f- fend off, but it's still connected to the story about like paternal love for your own little monster creature and stuff like that. Very awesome. um, it makes sense for him to put that um, in this because it also is um, just again just as stupid and bizarre, but committed to it. And yeah, as you were kind of mentioning, Jamie, if yeah. you started to try to analyze like the consent politics of this movie, <laughs> um, they would get a little uh, iffy, yeah, uh, for sure. But he I, does I do seem appreciate. Like essentially- <laughs> like raped in that locker room basically because of his buddy he ends up in the ladies locker room with his little penis stock coming out and all the ladies see it and they go insane and they jump up yeah yeah and and, and, and even the teacher wants in yeah and they have even like they have that I think it's a great shot too. Um, when the two of them girls like, dragging him away, <laughs> and drag like, him no. on the long bench, and he's just screaming like and Wesley it's obviously- is screaming in fear and pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Well, then, and then then you also get into the fact that obviously, like the alien thing itself is also making the girls do things they don't want to do. Like they have that scene yes. where he gets in the car with his crush, and the crush is like all over him. And then she wakes up from it at one point, and she's like, "Why were you taking my blouse off, you disgusting pervert?" And you know things like right. that. And I so, went back and looked, and David pretty much that scene where he's driving along in the car, and she's walking on the sidewalk, and and he picks her up and gets her in the car. Pretty mm-hmm. much took that shot for shot from Emilio Estevez picking up the same actress in Repo Man. Oh, oh dude, yeah. that's a that's a good reference, David Dakota, yeah, uh, sure. man of taste, absolutely. <laughs> in the very beginning, that's you know that's basically Repo Man too. That that scientist was basically the dude in the Cadillac, you know. Yeah. Awakens him up to like a new and a new world that he's got going on where he's having crazy topless exploitation dreams that are incredibly uh, chintzy and leering and hilarious where like <laughs> the uh, the the women are just dancing in various outfits. Yeah, and he's getting super horny in his in sleep. His yeah. yeah. And just some like black and, room. Like it's just like he's in yeah. nothingness basically. Just a <laughs> void, void of yeah. sex. <laughs> yeah. He's An got a little tie, tie on his head. He's having a great time. But then he wakes up and he looks cool. And he mm-hmm. looks fit. He starts popping the collar, putting on That's the right. chucks. And he's taking the car to school that day. He's getting confident. He's getting a date with the girl he has a crush on. He's picking her up. He's driving her to school. He's going to drag race the local bully uh, in another uh, intense kind of like car driving sequence which i was i was like why does david Dakota? this is like the only movie he has to have ever had where he has like car sequences going on oh that's not true slime ball has kind of like a chase at the end it's a, well, but it's like, not very the impressive drag race thing <laughs> with the bull, that's a very 50s yeah kind of yes. you know thing the only thing well, it's missing is like the la river <laughs> yeah what was that movie we talked about with trevor henderson this year the halloween party one jamie that's what it reminded me of when he's driving like oh, the little yeah. dead girl around and like 100%. literally there's like a part yeah um, i can't remember what it's called now but i yeah i totally totally know what you're talking about i also like yeah, that so leanne um like this is one of the first moments where she's kind of uncomfortable with his newfound confidence like because uh, uh, he's like i'm in a drag race and she's just like don't do that let me out of the car if you're going to do that but then he just continues to do it anyway because he's just feeling it um yeah and that kind of leads to other things too like we were talking about the car situation where she thinks that he, uh, he was the one that opened her blouse and then um <laughs> 
And then I, there's a couple other situations where like she was just trying to she, get him some Rolaids because he was yeah. feeling nauseous. You know, the, yeah. the, the 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 horny little alien stock is starting to have other effects on his body that he's not yeah, comfortable and with. The aliens are continuing to inject him with green shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't help. And it. they're. And uh, the uh, the the vampire looking assistant, uh, he's getting he's getting cock blocked. You know, he, he's Arr, really yeah. interested uh, in in his little alien partner and she is just not taking any kind of notice to him at all. It's making him very sad as they are both Although, observing and tailing the behavior of this uh, young teen boy who has discovered his, uh, sexual you know, confidence the issue that they have come to Earth to, to solve, you know. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, I do like that it's like they're basically just willing to experiment on this teenager. It's it's actually the reason that Drax won't take it is because it's like an experimental thing that they're not sure is going to work, I believe. Um, yeah. And then later on when, you know, Drax ends up with the the uh, the little head penis as well. Um, he's basically <laughs> like, I, I got sick of watching that nerd, you know, just take you to town all the time. So I'm uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just go with the take the serum and hope for the best. <laughs> he he clearly missed the part where uh, the 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 girl was not happy at how she was being turned super horny and later shows up in his dream with a chainsaw <laughs> and is like, yeah. Wesley, I forgot off. something. What? This <laughs> just starts ripping through him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and at a certain point, you know, Wesley, he's like, something's up here. You know, he's got those Doc Savage uh, intellectual <laughs> skills. And, right. and he asks, he starts asking questions. He's like, what's the dang deal here? I like the way that he <laughs> phrases that. It's very. Um, <laughs> That's great. And uh Eventually, they do kind of uh, ex- explain it, you know, that she, you know, he, he has to he has to learn uh, his own body and he has hmm. to figure this kind of out for himself. And uh, he's he's describing that, you know, his he's his symptoms are headaches, nausea, nightmares, women losing all control around me like mud <laughs> on a pig. <laughs> mud on a pig. Yeah, that's how I always describe that. And uh, but it's also making his life better in some ways. You know, he yeah. starts being able to kick the bully's ass in this hilarious cartoon fight sequence, <laughs> which again is a, n- a band of cool guys. I yeah. was going to say about the about the fight sequence that, again, it's not very good, but I will say that on a certain directorial level, you could see that he was trying to direct it. Yeah, he was doing <laughs> that, that he whole, was, like, uh, all of the sudden they know kung fu thing. Um, yeah, and, and, and he was doing, like, uh, where the, he was hitting the bully's face, like it was like a boxing speed bag over mm-hmm. and over again, and he ends on, like, a, you know, a big-ass, like, slow-mo drop kick that, do, that he does of him. I do like the way that they shot uh, the drop kick, um, because what they do is just have, like, his leg... Like pretty much they probably filmed it where his, you know, the bully's face was at an, uh, an elevation that he could get his leg up and then just kind of brushed his face against it. Yes, um, it, it's very and like, didn't even budget. shoot it in slow motion, just had them move very slowly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I did get uh, a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny uh, to see I another w- like, you know, pseudo parody fight. Yeah, cartoon we fight see, situation it, it going in on. Doc too. Yeah. So that was that was funny to see. That was that was definitely a connection. I was just surprised at Dakota's level because even in other Dakota films that I've seen, yeah, like for example, a talking cat, there's no <laughs> visual ambition. I think I read that um, that movie has literally two locations in it, 
the one family's house and the other family's house. Mm -hmm. And it has 59 establishing shots in less than 80 minutes. (laughs) Um, Okay. So like, like you, seen, um, there, there's, there's two locations, man. You don't like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen him um, do some action. Like I did watch a uh, puppet master three. Um, cause it was like a, a prequel. So it felt kind of disconnected to the rest of them. Um, okay. And he does know how to do like some good. Well, I uh, think he, ju- he just produced that one. He didn't direct that one. Uh, it says he I did. I think he did direct it. Really? Yeah, it says yeah. he directed it. Yeah. Shit. And, and to me, I think it's, it's probably when it just comes to, um, like an overall project that felt like a very uh, might be a strongest for me. Um, it's oh, it's not, great it doesn't have too much like funny it's charm. It's great to see like it's an like, not, a, like an artisan like David handled the uh, the the Holocaust and World War Two and stuff like that. It's really yeah. Like yeah, he, I'd be curious. He he does still <laughs> in court. He, it's, there's not as many boobs, but there's still boobs. Sure. Uh, okay. And uh, there's a lot well, okay, of good I'd, like I'd, to, I have questions then because that's not David Dakota voyeurism. Well, it's got <laughs> either that, you gotta have sick, the boobs like or at a certain point of you gotta have shirtless shirtless twinks running around. Those are yeah. your two, you know, those are David's two modes. <laughs> when I think of yeah. Puppet Master 3, I think of the sick uh, stop motion uh, two-armed or three-armed cowboy, whatever, with the little six guns. Yeah, the six arms. Yeah, yeah. He, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, he does uh, some good puppet work in it, or um, claymation, I think it might be. Um, but anyway, what I was trying to say, he was just, he, he is good at uh, action and, uh, like, horror action, like, you know, the, the drilling into a chest and stuff like that. He can do it. So interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I just, you know, for based on slime ball where, uh, we were kind of not sure how to read that. And it's not like the, you know, we, we enjoyed it. It's not like the worst film I've ever oh, yeah, seen or anything. Fun. It was just a case of, um, I didn't see much like ambition behind it. I just saw sure. it as like, I thought it was just kind of haphazard in a way that mm-hmm. this is like very clearly he was making visual choices. Like he was directing scenes to be car- specifically cartoony in that way. Or there's like a, there's a great, honestly, crossfade matching shot here of him yeah. uh, falling into bed with his arms outstretched and then it cuts to a shot of a dissected frog in the science lab also like in the crucified position While as we start hearing, hearing him, him have sex yeah. with yeah could, exactly could, while he's he having feel him having fun a little bit when he made it you know yeah, yeah and there's there's a there's a logic to that like you know uh this kid literally is a diet you know a, an experiment by this teacher but through sex education and you can totally you know see that 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 happening yeah. and then you get you know all the crazy in between the sequence of him being insanely confused and having amnesia every time he is just assaulted by various uh girls around the school who want to uh briefly flirt with him and go topless before going into the sex scene. Like he gets to have sex with the, the bully's girlfriend, uh, all the girls in the, in the shower who he just barely, uh, escapes from, even though again, it's, it's played for laughs because he's like, isn't this every guy's fantasy? All 20 girls who were just working out and we were just leering at their gym workout, uh, sequences, uh, going after him. And then he gets into it and he goes, look, this thing is working on working for me. All the girls want me except for the girl that I like. You know, she was actually upset with me and rejected me. So he goes back to the oldest trick in the book. I'm going to join a metal band called the Sex Mutants. That's right. That's what I'm going to. He's going to. He's going to. It's an it's a the oldest pickup tactic we've got. That's right. And it works. Uh, That's why it's a a classic. Um, 
And even though earlier, again, she was kind of impressed by his like classical piano <laughs> playing, which is really funny. He's like, I'm going to get into a metal band, Bo. But she's, you know, despite it not being her scene, well, she's Wesley brings the there. sex mutants home to have dinner with his parents. And let me tell you, they're not they are characters. They're, they do not have a good time. <laughs> Uh, they they hate labels, but uh, their core is good old fashioned headbanging heavy metal rock and roll That's with a surface of gloss glitter glam and a touch of death and punk anarchist influence. That was probably my favorite <laughs> joke because growing up in metal bands, so many people have this like very, very um, elitist persona at times or mindset where they're just like, oh, man, yeah, I, I just don't want to put a label on it. I guess you could say we're this, but we've also got a mixture of basically what the guy said and i just i thought that yeah. was so funny to see it in a film uh in a like a parody moment it was great and i, I, I like yeah, that david I, asked true. the one guy <laughs> david asked the one guy could you make some sounds like michael winslow did in police academy can you do that <laughs> that'd be fun can you do that and he did yeah yeah, and the, and the the one guy is like, we like to make people's ears bleed. You know, we are teenage <laughs> sex mutant. They even did That's an original song too, which is very funny. For um, a metal van. And again, it's entirely I, consistent. It's a film about a teenage sex mutant. Exactly. Yep. I like the yeah, song I, I too. Don't, it was funny. Yeah, that was what was funny. Wasn't bad. This is what surprised me is when he tries to once again get the girl on a big climactic sequence at this concert after, you know, having everything kind of go crazy, crazy wrong around the school. It is a full on concert sequence with the the main yeah. kid shirtless and a leather jacket. Everyone having a great time. Him going like psycho punk mode, screaming, that's, killing machine. Everyone's having a blast. That's where you said it reminded you of Pyun, right? I, yes, this is, this is, the, the, I thought of Radioactive right, Dreams yeah, while I was exactly. watching oh, this. Yeah, totally. yeah. 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 That scene, this sequence, I for sure was was thinking about that because I, I was thinking like, you know, they're going to do what most films do. They they establish the song and you're like, OK, he's a rock star, sick there. He's got some confidence. And then, you know, they, they're, they're, they're going to do some standard comedy coverage. But no, right. it's like a it's full on full neon fog machines, like yeah. crazy in your face performance that they're giving on it and everything. It's like a music video, basically, but like a, a live on stage music video so it, it's it, it, it's it's pretty funny the way that they do that and they he even does it's not a full song I guess but it's half a song with uh, uh, the three the three ladies that are called like the tang poons or the poon tangs or something like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a fucking hilarious name um but anyway, yeah, so he, he's got like two musical numbers in it they're they're, they're kind of like glam metal I guess is what I'd say heavy yeah. metal glam a little bit. Yeah, and they and they're all a precursor to the teacher finally showing up in 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 her alien fit, and he's like, "Didn't know you were into new wave." Um, <laughs> the, and the alien like mask thing they have is pretty good. It's impressive. Yeah, I, love I was the like, stretchy what? face. It, it reminded yeah. me a little bit of um, what's that? Uh, oh, what's that science fiction mo- Brazil where they oh, have yeah. where you oh, have when he puts I, a face out. I, yeah, I was thinking of a uh, Hellraiser when oh, the, sure. just before he gets torn to shreds when his face is like literally like the skin is pulled off his face practically by all yeah. the hooks. Yeah, um, I can see that. And, and and then once she rips her face off, it's a giant like actual animatronic alien head. It of looks some kind, pretty but, like, fucking also, good. Yeah, it does. And, 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 and like her lips really move. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is really impressive and it looks incredibly uncomfortable for whoever's inside. If it is the actual actress, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really awesome mask. Really awesome. 
And then like the sidekick yeah, does a little Jerry Lewis bit where he asks, do you make it the big laser gun or the little laser gun? I'll, I'll, get, I'll go get the big one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he he escapes by just putting a trash can on her head because her head is so big yeah. that it actually like like uh, does get stuck in it. Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, no, uh, swollen headed, puffy eyed, blue headed being from another planet is going to screw up my sex life. No way. He's like setting off chemical bombs in the in the <laughs> in the school. Oh yeah, to take care um, of Drax. Yeah, the the alien starts going carry mode on the concert, just like uh, m- m- trying to massacre all the various she children with, with like her rocky horror alien gun. gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty it just cool. I like, like she opens fire in the crowd. I really like yeah. the way the explosions look too, because it's not like there's no fire; it's just big sparks and smoke, and then people flipping over a banister or something like that. Like it's just it's uh it, it's got this cheesy quality to it, but I, I like that um. It also works with the laser gun itself because she's got this like purple beam, and so it, it just gives off this uh, low budget sci fi thing. It's that like I the really wave like. beam from Super Metroid. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, well, I also love just like all the neon and the fog machines mm-hmm. and like the various the various kids like having to do dives off of banisters and like from the second floor and shit like Flip that. I was like. And stuff. Yeah, it was, and, and all of this is because she's very upset that the, you know, obviously that uh, they need to take this this young boy back for studying because clearly their experiment has worked. They have made a very uh, sort of uh, sexually confident uh, man out of a out of a nerd, and they need to take it back home to their men to so repopulate. that they can repopulate their planet. Um, this is like so like legit because the men can't get it mayhem. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can't get bonus in the alien planet. Yeah, I think she literally says they can't get it up. Something oh, like that. On oh, Drax has just listened to all of that. Just like, ah. Oh. Yeah, Drax like, ah, oh, do you have yeah. to tell everybody? Yeah, like, I get it. I know. Jesus. Like, look, we can't satisfy you. We, we know the issue. <laughs> but Drax is willing to take that syringe. Well, maybe the like, thing I've is, like, it. all the alien, like, all the ladies on their planet are babes like her, and all the men are little weirdos like Drax. Maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so they give this nerd a crash course in human sexuality to promote growth within him, you know? That's right. And, and, and they tell him, look, your personality didn't change. It just made him more confident, made you want to explore your interests, you know? That's all it is. Um, so listeners, you know, but, just, just go get laid, you know? Work out. <laughs> but 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 he's still very upset because uh, they violated the Star Trek Prime Directive right. and interfered right. with, uh, with 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 mankind. And you know he is a little upset about all the all the consent rules. You know they've kind of messed with him a little bit and and the people that he's he's interested in. They might have uh, made him do things he didn't think he could do. And then they were like, well, actually, you did all of those things. Girls were just irresistible to you. Um, and I love that as soon as the dudes find out what it is, that it just makes all the girls want to have sex with you. They all start fighting over it until they break until the consent. Entirely, yeah. and then and and then she goes. Well, I guess my entire race is doomed to extinction. <laughs> but then, luckily, Drax has got that head boner, baby, ready to go. Yeah. So they go off to have a wild weekend in wild, Vegas and repopulate the planet uh, themselves. And it is true they they are confirmed in the narration after the, they get during the credits. And she that, has uh, a brood of millions of eggs. Yeah, two dozen alien uh, babies Jesus. in the opening weekend of their uh, <laughs> sex romp. <laughs> yes, 
Yes. And, uh, and then everyone's pretty much set up. Like the, the, the parents are now hippies that are just like, you know, pot smoking hippies. So he, the yeah, dad, ev- ev- everyone learned, everyone learned a lesson. Yeah. The dad quit his accountant job so he can be cool. And then, I think was uh, the brother, was the, the buddy, the buddy's like managing the lady band. He's managing yeah, the, the poontangs or the tang poons. Yeah, and, and, and the brother goes on to direct low-budget horror movies, <laughs> which yeah. is a hilarious detail because it's set up by one frame earlier in the film of him watching It's Alive or whatever well, it is. Well, he also yeah. says he and, wants to be a teamster, you know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then I, I think so. the uh, I think the one girl says that she ends up being a stripper and marries a senator or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so, it does yeah. sound like Animal House. Happy you know. endings, I guess, for everybody. Yeah, we, we and 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 together, him and his new girlfriend Leanne, they finished college and took the band on the road and recorded a bunch of albums. And uh, the lesson is, if you want to get a good job, get a good education. But it, uh, yeah, by that he means a sex education. That's right. You know, they gave aliens gave him a crash course in in human sexuality, and it very much benefited him. And that is Doctor Alien, All which is nuts. Out is, there, you just gotta just get over it, man. Just gotta do it. I just am floored that this is, you know, like softcore 80s teen sex comedy, not a very good genre of film. I feel like the no. few times that I've seen it, I find it very, very unbearable to watch for the entirety of it because all of the sort of like nerds versus the jock kids, it's just it's so it's dated grating. and most of it is and so it gets like really rapey and like consent wise. Yeah. Like, I've, yeah, like this every time. Does, but it, it <laughs> flips it a bit, though. It flips yeah, it. A I bit, would say I, I would. I, I would say that this definitely does flip it in the sense of you know, like it's not it, like it's happening to him. It's a bad experience happening to him in a way, but it's also supposed to be like the thing he's his friend would like fantasize about, like those conversations where his friend is all like, man, you're living the fucking dream, man. Like, I wish that this would be happening to me, but like very clearly, you know, if it was, he wouldn't like, this is a, it, yeah. there is like some sci-fi horror elements thrown in there, even if oh, they aren't sure. like, you know, they aren't like full as, very, you know, they aren't really as full horror. horror. Very, very light. Yes. Um, But I'm just surprised that he made a movie in that genre and then combined it just with this insane premise of, you know, the sexy alien posing as his teacher who injects him with serum to grow the penis stock that makes every girl horny, which makes no sense. Like, this is legitimately one of his best movies. Well, the thing for me is that I I think that. Yeah. Positive rating. It was just surprisingly, in terms of what it was aiming for a lot of and how he was it, visually think, getting there. I think the lead actor was, brings a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I was just surprised at how coherent it was and, you know, broadly sometimes competent and quirky and intentionally in this way. Like, the fact that this is a movie and about a kid just becoming more open and confident and liberated with who he is. And it features like topless sexploitation dream sequences and punk rock musical sequences and, you know, some full on space invader shit with the laser guns and giant prosthetic alien heads. Like it just makes no sense. Um, And the fact the fact that it works at all kind of blew me away. And the fact that he did it inside what is typically just a very leering male fantasy genre trash um, sort of milieu just kind of blew me 
blew me away, really. And yeah, it did remind me of Albert Pion, as, as Jamie mentioned, because Radioactive Dreams, especially for the straight up musical sequence, but also with just Albert Pion movies always have this passion, this this very they're very cheaply made, but they're very energetic and happy to just exist. Um, mm-hmm. And that is something I felt kind of while watching um, this film and also Dakota throwing in references to like Repo Man and like War of the Worlds and like, you know, all of these various things that he clearly loves and throwing in the It's Alive thing and the little brother who's really into exploitation movies. And by the way, I don't know if this is true because I don't know how much I trust David Dakota and the things he says in interviews, but he said Brad Pitt auditioned for this movie. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I'd buy it. Um, um, great. <laughs> I mean, so George I did, some bullshit. I, yeah, I could I buy it. Yeah, I do. I do wonder what uh, Brad Pitt in the leading role for this film would do for its. Uh, like we just watched reputation. Uh, that bad new version of Grizzly Two: The Revenge, where it's got that <laughs> that scene with George Clooney and Laura Dern and uh, Charlie Sheen getting murdered by a bear. Oh, nice! I haven't seen that. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, so for me, uh, so for me, this is kind of in like the low, the, the lowish to, to like middle three territory, um, uh, pivoting towards the reductive rating around for basically everything well, already said. Yeah, so. I'm going 3.26. <laughs> nice. I love the specificity. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the three as well. Uh, I think that. Hey, we talked Jamie up. Oh, no, I, I threed it. I was just. Oh, you did? I okay. was just. Um, I was on the fence until I saw a couple of his other movies today. Uh, I do actually think mm. Puppet Master Three is better, um, but I'm gonna have to check it out. It's uh, I, I still think there's a lot of charm in this. I I, I like some of the I comedy. I don't again. love all of it. Um, some of mm. it does have that kind of like '80s, you know, sex comedy grading I, that I that I don't necessarily love here and there. But uh, some of the gags are really good, and I do like the idea of you know this this kind of like sexual education liberating you and finding your confidence and and all of that. I do think the it's very sweet the consent <laughs> stuff. If you start thinking about it, gets very weird and and icky. But I don't think um, that he's you know. Th- trying to say anything with that so i i you can probably just the leave only it alone for the who, most part who really feels um, vic- there's two people who really feel victimized in this movie one is wesley the main character yes and two is the uh the science teacher who gets murdered in the beginning yeah and you, but the only thing i guess you could argue is it's like that i recently watched uh revenge of the nerds and Oof. it's not a good one. Um, and uh, there are a at the lot end of victims that movie, in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> at the end of that movie, uh, he dresses up as a person that a certain girl thinks he is and then gives her oral sex. And because he's really good at it and she enjoyed it, uh, it's fine. It's all good. She's cool yeah, with it. She's yeah. super <laughs> cool with it. And it's not the exact same, but there are elements to this that are kind of similar with these girls that don't know what they're doing and are just like having gang bangs with this guy. So yeah, they're um, getting brainwashed by like said, alien pheromones. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but that Definitely. being said, there, it, it's still, there is a lot of fun to be had here. And I, I did like the, uh, um, like the the sex ed sequences where she's saying things that no sexual education teacher would say just to kind of turn the boys on. I think that's funny. Um, there's a lot here. So, uh, yeah, th- I'm going to still give it a three. Um, but I will say I would recommend. Definitely the most tolerable nerd turns into a uh, cool guy. A, a chick magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Cool much, guy better than than I, yeah. much better than zapped. Much better than Yeah. I yeah. definitely see some some horrible ver- riffs on yeah, that. The fact that one, David Dakota managed to turn that into something that does feel sweet 
upbeat and fun is, uh, I think, a testament yeah. to what he's capable of doing. Like, when he gives a shit and when he actually works on it and does something, he can make something pretty fun. Yeah, to turn this into some type of like liberation of you know finding your confidence and finding your like inner talent and skill through that confidence um, is is and cool music, to bring baby. it. Yeah, I like that too, of course. So, um, but to bring that to this genre is difficult to do. So I have to give it up for him for that. So yeah, I'll give it a three, and I will recommend people watch Puppet Master Three because I did think that that was. Uh, it was good. Probably my favorite film of his that I've seen so far. So. Did, did he? He didn't do two though. Two is maybe my favorite no. of those. Yeah, he didn't do two. We're, he started on. We're three. going to become. This is now the David Dakota show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We could do. We could. Do we that. could do an entire year of David Dakota films. Yes, um, you could, and probably still not cover them all. It would be hard. Yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> like listen to these. You got Witch House, Final Stab, Deadly Embrace. Like all of these would suit the show just by the names alone and the posters. So, I've, I've seen all of Murder those. Weapon. <laughs> I've seen that. Murder Weapon. That's a great name. Damn, he's done a lot of Puppet Master. He did Puppet Master Six as well. Yeah, yeah, he's done a few. It, like, Interesting. Let's, oh, let's, and Seven. Let's, let's all put on some like tidy whities and do thirteen thirteen sleazy podcast. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, That's what's it. up. Just walk on a bro. Something feels we'll weird. Do a, here, bro. Uh, a bonus <laughs> transmission for all his two thousands plus thirteen thirteens. Oh, bro. we'll get uh, Jamie, Jamie in a speedo <laughs> cleaning out the pool. Um, I think that like, that'll making, be the new set. Making the equivalent of the stupid Hooter films for like gay dudes and ladies. That's not you know that's not. There's a market that hasn't been really established yeah. there he's going for it i guess yeah yeah I, I i can't remember what movie it is i'll have to go back and listen to um the important cinema club guys what they said but they they described one of his early horror films when he started adding more there was where the, the women stopped kind of wanting to do nudity for him but the men were just super stoked about doing nudity for him so <laughs> there is a certain point where he was making horror films for like the, the sort of to titillate the soft core uh, you know bros who watch them right. and uh there were a certain point where the ratio flipped to like it was like 80 percent like men in their underwear instead and uh he he literally started telling his producers that he was making horror films for women <laughs> I, I have this funny thought of like a hardcore uh, dakato fan that loved the 80s boobs era and as he's watching them throughout the 90s and it's just getting he's just like oh, so there's a change happening here <laughs> Yeah, but in in Dakota fashion, the thing that would be amazing would be someone being like, you know, what? I'm pretty cool with it. Oh, you know? absolutely. Uh, yeah, no. You know I just what? find it funny because right, you know David. the audience. Like all of his, all of the movies I've seen with him, he's got the nerds, and whether they're nerds or jocks, the, every single person, every man has just a topless photo of some woman just throughout his room it's, it's just basically a collage and he does that every single time so just seeing that transition slowly would probably be something else and kind of funny hell yeah and i i, re, I genuinely cannot wait to do his uh 1998 leather jacket love story story <laughs> yeah. which is which is legitimately his attempt at just a uh indie drama romance and apparently it is just straight up you know like it's just it's a real rated. movie I see. I'm going to try and dig up a yeah, copy. Yeah, like a 3.3. Yeah, I, I, was, I was recommended it to them on uh, the Important Cinema Club. Guys both said that it's his best movie, and it's like 
it really sad that like it made no money and basically made him double down on you know continuing to do the trash that would make money because yeah. like apparently leather jacket love story like really played like film festivals and stuff like he was like oh, a wow. legitimate he tried to you know he he tried to explore more artistically than he does in say a talking cat um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna have to go Glad and he's watch. Still got work though. Like after this later tonight, I'm gonna have to go and watch the Talking Cat again. Oh my god! Yeah. Am I gonna have to bring <laughs> out the blade? <laughs> Am I gonna have to do it? Yeah, everyone's the anyone who calls themselves a one star samurai, Fuck. like they do in our Discord, and and thinks that they they have the skills uh. to. Uh, to take on the worst movies and train their minds and their bodies, me, you need to take on a talking cat. God damn it! From I, and you know I'll do it. You just you will do it's it. It's cruel what you're doing to me right now. <laughs> I, am, I am testing your uh, your like, machismo. There have been some amazing <laughs> last couple of years. There's been some amazing new bad movies, dudes. Like all these people who've never made a movie before. They were in quarantine yeah, I did, for like, a the year. New Sonic. Oh no! This is like not the big movies. I'm talking about the little movies. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, uh, people who are just like they'd never made a movie before, and they got like this is it. This is my script, and they get uh, whoever they can get into the nicest house they can get to be bubbled together, <laughs> and they're really bad, but they're fascinating. There's, and there's mm. just hundreds of them. Yeah, and they're all a lot of yeah, haunted I mean, houses. That's what's crazy. Yeah, like indie, sh- like. Bizarre, shitty indie filmmaking, especially genre-wise. You can find half these on Tubi, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah, Dakota well, and, and, and also it's crazy. David Dakota, Dakota obviously, he, he he was doing um, Full Moon Pictures for Charles Band for a long time. But like Charles Band is still around making movies. He released mm, a yeah. movie in uh, 2021 called Corona Zombies. <laughs> oh yeah, like, he, like he's it. still he is on it. Yeah. His his most recent one came out this year and is called Famous TNA Two. Nice. <laughs> I like the Charles Band idea of I love you these know guys. his his economic idea to make a horror movie cost less is he's make the monster small. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. got the master. Yeah, Genius. you got you know tiny little monsters. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense to me. Uh, but yeah, I think we should we should wrap it up. What are we doing <laughs> here? Right, yeah, um, thanks for having me on again, boys. That, that was, <laughs> that was Doc course. Savage. The Man of Bronze from 1975 and Dr. Alien from uh, I'm going to go eat a big chicken fried steak and watch a talking cat starring Eric Roberts. Uh, do it up. That's the way to do it. Uh, like highly acclaimed film. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and then pair do. it with a talking cat. Yes. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but thanks, uh, obviously, to everyone for for listening up and hopefully watching up. Everyone should be doing the homework yes. on this episode, even yes, if you, you think should. that you you don't you don't you don't want to be. Uh, but thanks, uh, <laughs> Oliver, for uh, bringing these films with you. Yeah, uh, thanks, if you got anything Sammy, to, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it was great. It was wonderful. Uh, yeah, I had fun. If you've uh, got fun. anything that you would like to plug while you're here, uh, this is usually where we have you do that. What's going uh, on in uh, Oliver World? I'd like to, you got some streams well, coming I think up? I'd like to plug the bathtub because I'm thinking about taking a bath. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. No, you know, just uh, hang in there, folks. You know, that's all I got. I, I, I got nothing to plug. Yeah. Just, you know, take it easy. Well, they could they they could probably go find you on Twitter oh, somewhere sure. and see you recommending movies Savage to them. Oh, sure. I got art up at <laughs> yeah. oliverleach.com, L-E-A-C-H. Uh, that's where I put my stuff. 
uh, go. Hell yeah. Send us, send us those uh, pictures you take at uh, whatever the mall it was that you were talking about. Great fine Mills. Yeah. 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 Definitely uh, look into that and go follow Oliver at, uh, at Bakun with you, uh, two K's and a bunch of O's. Did you boys see Space Disco 1? <laughs> no. N- no. It's by... That's a t- I love that that's terrifying. You can't just open a sentence like that. <laughs> it's that by the guy who did... It's a Space Disco 1 by Damon Packard. This is, this, is, this is what Oliver's Twitter is like, too, if you just want to like hear about random shit you've never heard it's about. It's a Damon Packard um, joint. You know, who wish it... Oh, yeah, okay. familiar. It's about... I've seen... Um, I've only seen one of his films, and I think it was the Star Wars one. Okay. It's like he shot he, it at like uh, Universal City Walk, like the mall, like in L.A., and it's supposed to be a sequel to Logan's Run, but... With all the space battles, he just re-edited uh, scenes from disco uh, skating, like like skating rink movies from the seventies, and added zapping sounds. And like the skaters are supposed to be the like spaceships or something. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, he 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 just makes movies out of nothing. Yeah, the one I've seen of his is the untitled Star Wars mockumentary, oh, yeah, good. where he made <laughs> he, yeah, where he made like a fake documentary about the uh, the making of Attack of the Clones using that like a bunch funny. of footage. Um, I just remember the line, uh, fuck, read a book, bitch, or whatever. <laughs> his big one, his best one is Reflections of Evil. I was talking to... Yeah, I've heard, oh, that, I've I've heard, heard that's that awesome. Forever. I was talking to Simon okay, Baird about that. About he convinced me to watch it. He says it's one of the best horror movies of the... Tw- you know, and he might be right. It's about essentially the ghost of a child who died from eating too much sugar while going on E.T. the ride. <laughs> <laughs> and it's his adult ghost kind of walking through LA getting screamed at by like insane homeless people and it's fucking nuts yeah yeah I've heard it's wild yeah I'm definitely uh, interested in that uh, so yeah if you guys want more crazy movie recommendations go uh, hit up Oliver uh, but for our listeners we're going to be back in one week's time where uh, we are going to be getting uh, very sweaty and very swampy. That's right. Where we're going to be talking about one, Body Heat, uh, starring uh, William Hurt. I forget oh, who directed yeah. that already for some reason. Um, uh, but we're going to be pairing it with Wild Things. Sex Education from, uh, Continues. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, from 1998 by uh, McNaughton, oh, the guy who did Henry see. Portrait of a Serial Killer. So we're going to be doing some some uh, very uh, sweaty updates on noirs done with uh, very erotic undertones. And then we are going to be coming back, back up. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. uh, Lawrence Kasdan. That did. Uh... Yeah, Lawrence Kasdan. That's right. That's who did Body mm. Heat. Um, and uh, yeah, we're classing it back up with Wild Things, which a.k.a. the second <laughs> title is Sex Crimes. You know Lawrence Kasdan? Yeah. Um, he made Dreamcatcher. You remember Dreamcatcher, right. the movie so, with Duddits? You remember that one. That's right. So that's what we're going to be talking about over on patreon.com slash podcast next week. Uh, especially it's going to be uh, timed pretty closely with the new 4K restoration of Wild Things that is uh, coming out and looks Excellent. awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, got, I got to see it uh, early. It looks very nice. Um, and in uh, two weeks time, we are going to be going big. Uh, an episode that has been delayed and canceled and delayed and canceled as many times as the uh, <laughs> the release schedule for this film. We're going to be talking about one Tony Scott's Top Gun. Oh, yeah. About time. We've only talked Tony Scott, I think, like what, like twice, maybe three times on the show. Yeah. Uh, but we, we haven't done. 
Yeah, we haven't done uh, his big collaborations with Cruz. So that's what we're going to be. We're going to be talking about one Top Gun and two Days of Thunder. Oh, baby. Uh, Wanted to rewatch That's these. the double feature. And we're going to be having a uh, very special guest joining us who has been uh, he's been on call. He's been on the sidelines, ready to be called in by the coaches any minute for over a year. That man? <laughs> but Martin it's time. Scorsese. He's coming in. <laughs> that's right. He's coming that's in right. with a case of mellow yellow. He's ready to talk Days of Thunder. Marty himself. That's right. Top Gun and Days of Thunder in two weeks' time over on the main feed. But uh, well, once again, thanks so thanks much for, for me, listening. Of course. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, everyone, keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy.